I'm so sorry for my scant notes this time. I was just like, I don't know what to take notes on. Nothing's like officially happening. No, yeah. your notes were perfect. And, it was, and like, it was so funny because that somewhere in there you wrote, I don't fucking know. And I was like, that's, that was my comment too. So exactly. I don't need to write it now. Yeah, we'll get through it together. Just, yeah, anyway, minor thing or not minor, but like some things I didn't want to forget. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. And thank you for joining us on a very special episode of The Darkest Timeline. We are joined today by Lynn. Hi, Lynn. How's it going? Hi, good. We have Dina. Hi. Hello. And unfortunately, Kristen is not able to make it today, but we have experts on Adams 5, Fiona. You go by your real name, right? Online? Yes, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. And Casey, I'm calling you Casey. No, no one who knows me would be actual surprise. Okay. <laughs> And we have Casey joining us as the expert of Dosting. Welcome, everyone. Hello. 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 Hi. Hi. And I guess I should mention that Casey and Fiona did uh, a little special interview with the writer of Fathoms 5, and that will also be airing relatively soon. I don't know exactly which order we're going to air these in yet. Uh, but they interviewed Penumbra, which I'm so excited to hear about. It was a thrill. Yes, it was. It was super fun. And we talked for hours and could have kept going for hours. But yeah, she's ch- like once she gets comfortable, she's she's pretty chatty, right? Oh, yes, definitely. Yep. Was it the three of you? So it was like Casey, Fiona and, and Jess. Yep. Are we calling her her, yep. her name? She's <laughs> yes, okay that's correct. Yes. Okay. She's okay with that? Okay, awesome. Or the myth yeah, of honestly, Yeah, I cannot wait to hear that. I can't wait to finish editing so you can all hear that. <laughs> and thank you for doing that, by the way. Oh, it's such a pleasure. <laughs> well, as I mentioned, we are going to be talking about two amazing fics, Fathoms 5 by Penumbra, which is 18,715 words, roughly rated R with a trigger warning, which we will discuss soon. And the follow-up to that, the unofficial sequel, Dosting by Teeth and Bone, which is 10,513 words rated mature. And we're going to start with Fathoms 5. Fiona, if you don't mind giving us a quick description, a synopsis of the story. Okay. So very brief and then a slightly longer summary. Sure. Fathoms 5, in my opinion... Fathoms 5 is a meditation on mortality masquerading as a meditation on the immortality of Dana Scully. It was originally a future fic, so it was written in the early aughts, but set in autumn-ish 2020. So Scully, still a forensic pathologist, is living with Mulder and William in California, Mulder is now a published writer, and William is a budding physicist just off to Oxford. And the story is that they retrieved him as a toddler following Mulder's return in the truth. Scully isn't aging, and they've all concluded that she's immortal, but without really discussing it. Um, So in the midst of a depressive funk brought on by the imminent scrapping of her father's naval ship, Scully impulsively takes it upon herself to dramatically test the immortality theory by shooting herself in the head. And that's just the opening scene. 
What follows is an exploration of the repercussions of that attempt. So Scully's processing the truth of her situation. Mulder is furious with her for trying it. For example, what if it had actually worked? And uh, William, we find out, is going to work to try and save her from her fate. Um, But we also get, oddly, a really cosy, symbol-rich slice of life with the Mulder Scullies as we spend a few days with them in their secluded Los Angeles hillside home. Uh, Notable highlights include Cousin Matthew, William's awkward best friend, Arable, and the whole gang watching a taped copy of X Cups. And then the final scene we get is the sort of melancholy, nostalgia-filled visit to the defunct ship itself. That was beautiful. Perfect. Yeah, I think you covered everything. Thank you. It's a beautiful It is. Yeah, there you go. If anybody's not read it, there we are. Or if yeah. you've not read it for a while. Specifically, Fiona, I know you really were drawn to this one. What was it about the story that drew you in? I really love things which are melancholy. So I love, I love the angst, but I thought this was really, it was meditative and it was just so beautiful. Even though we get this horrific opening scene, somehow that itself was beautiful in how intense it was. Like it really, really made me deeply feel something. It was so shocking. But then the rest of it is, it's so wonderful. You, you kind of feel like you're living with this family and even though there's this tension between Mulder and Scully because she has just taken it upon herself to try and kill herself even though it really is an experiment and actually that would be interesting to hear what people thought yeah I found it oddly cozy so just to comment on that I didn't remember this story being so devastating because the parts that really stuck with me after the initial attempted suicide were all the family moments. And I was like, oh, what a sweet story. And I read it again. It's not, I mean, it is, it does have those sweet moments, but like so devastating when you really sit and think about it. A lot of underlying feelings about it, like, you know, under the surface of what you read, like you said, of the happy moments is all like, just the thought of that too, right? Outliving everyone and (laughs) your entire family. Well, and on the surface, it, the thick on the surface is almost like slice of mm-hmm. life. It's like them eating dinner and, and William and Matthew cooking dinner. And, you know, William's nervous about going off to school. And, you know, it's like kind of everyday family stuff. And you really do feel like you're with this cozy little family and there's so much love among them. But at the same time, there's this really awful truth that's like hovering over all of them and it's coloring everything that they do. So I love that juxtaposition of, the really terrible angst, but also like they're just living their lives and they're just doing their day-to-day lives and it's them and their son and they they love each other so much. And, and yeah. they're yeah. I love how they're like and nobody, still marveling at William. Yeah. Nobody writes that stuff, that slice of life, day-to-day meals, those kinds of things, as well as Penumbra does. She does it. I mean, I can't think of another person who even comes close. But it would be dull. If it were just that, like mm-hmm. I, that's something you could read from someone else. And even if it were well-written, you'd just be like, okay, that was nice, but, but nothing happened. But mm-hmm. to layer that with the immortality stuff, it, that takes it to the level of art for me. It's, it's gorgeous. And actually, yeah. we, I think it's actually really important though. I think the cozy family stuff is actually a really important part of the meditation on the mortality and immortality though 
Yeah. And the, everything, the dark yeah. stuff is always an undercurrent. You can always feel it throughout even the lightest, funniest, when they're all joking, there is that dark undercurrent and she threads it perfectly. It's always just under the surface. It's like an mm-hmm. undertow that you don't know is there if, you know, if you're not looking for it, but it's, it's, it's there. Even in the sex scene. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little more explicit yeah. in the sex scene though. Don't they, doesn't she outright say that the more Scully feels nervous, the more she wants to devour Mulder to feel something? I thought it was a little yes, more Yes, you're right. There. It is explicit. It does become extremely explicit there, yes. And but do you know what I mean? Again. It's like, she, it's, she manages to write a sex scene which is erotic and yet also so dark. Desperate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's she's using it to try to forget. She's using it to try to, you know, I guess, turn that part of her brain off. So yeah, it's erotic, but it's angsty and sad at the same time. Yeah. Do you all remember the first time you read that opening scene with Scully and what you thought? Did you, well, first of all, did you know, did you read the trigger warning on it? Did you, because there are two versions of it, one with a warning and one without. So were you expecting it? And do you remember how you felt? If it was it shocking? Was it not shocking? I hadn't it? read it. I had I hadn't I had no idea what it was about. And I I, I just knew it was Penumbra. And so I was gonna read it no matter what. Um and I didn't see the trigger warning. I kind of I mean it was for authors I know and love, I, I tend to I'll look at the tags, but I had read this on Live Journal, which wasn't really tagged or wasn't tagged in such a way that I would just, you know, glance at it first. So I just dove right in and it was shocking, but at the same time, you know, it, it kind of, it was absolutely shocking. It took me, took me back, but then I was like, well, there's a lot of this story left. So Scully clearly doesn't die yes. <laughs> and it's Penumbra. So I'm going to keep reading. God damn it. Cause mm-hmm. it's going to be great no matter what. <laughs> and yeah. And then, you know, it was, I thought it was a great setup, but it was a shocking one. It took me two or three reads before I sort of recognized it for like the art that it is um, because it really does take, you have to get over that a lot. That's, I mean, that's a lot to get over and you have to get over it. It's very graphic. And you have to accept it and know it kind of, even if you know it going in, I think, and I can, uh, someone else can maybe speak to that. Um, But yeah, it took two, it took probably three reads before I was just like, God, this is so good. And I don't care that Scully literally blows her brains out at the beginning of the fic. Now, Casey, when we read it in book club, was that the first time you had read it or did you already know? I think I had read it once before then. Okay. Uh, and I don't remember who said we should read Fathoms 5, but um, but it, it had been a while and I'd only read it the one time. Okay. Charlie, probably it was me. It was probably, it was probably. <laughs> I saw Fiona. that smile on her face. I'm like, it was totally Fiona. <laughs> So Fiona, how did you feel the first time reading about the very traumatic opening to the story? Well, it certainly didn't put me off. I I don't know. Am I really? I think this was the first penumbra I had ever read. Um, there was a time when I was just getting back into the fandom a couple of years ago, where I literally googled like what is good X Files fan fiction because. You know, it's, you can't tell by hits on A3 or something. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I would never spend the time to troll for and see. So I was like, internet, tell me, like, who is a good X-Files fanfic writer? And I think came up, yeah, like, Free Fronts Love, like, Finding, r- 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 was it? Finding Roco. Ro- 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 yeah. 
Yes, that's the one. And somebody said, oh, I'm sad. That, and Penumbra is really good. And so I think somebody specifically said Parabiosis and Fathoms 5. And I think this was the first one I read. Um, so I didn't even know anything about her. It just, it was so compelling that I couldn't put it down. You know what I yeah. mean? I, I didn't think, oh, well, I'm not reading this. I won't read this. It's killing, it's killing herself. I just, I was in the moment and I wanted to know, well, where is this going? And Oh, okay. Yes, that's right. It's because Scully's immortal. Like, let's see. Let's just see where this goes. What about you, Lynn? Yeah, same for me. I mean, I was going to read it no matter what. Number one, um, I think I had seen the trigger warning because I think I read it on, uh, I guess, Gossamer, and it includes all of that. So I had read that, but that didn't deter me. And I also, since it happened at the beginning, I was like, okay, well, clearly there's some you know, this is an important part of the story and there's so much more. So I'm not going to get too tied up in the details. Um, yeah, it's very graphic, like really, really graphic, but also like the way that she describes her com- like coming back or coming back to her body and her body reassembling itself is magical. Mm. And that's like a really weird word to describe it, but it's, it feels like, you know, you're reading, but it's like, you can see it in your mind, like mm-hmm. a movie. It's just it's alchemy. Really, really descriptive. Yeah, it's alchemy in my there's it's like a cold open. It could have be it could be an opening scene of the X-Files. It is yeah. the cold open. And you you can see it in your mind and the way she describes, like, like I think at some point Scully is looking at herself from above, and then when she like comes back into her body, it says something like the concrete's, you know, her face slams into the concrete, and you can just sort of envision like her, you know, her herself coming back into her body. And so you know, even though it's violent and it's dark, you, you know, I wouldn't dream of not continuing to read. Yeah. What about you, Dina? And I just suddenly thought, because I, I have my copy here, which it, which does have the trigger warning on, but it just says this story contains a graphic depiction of suicide. So it doesn't say of Scully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So even if you know, okay, well, there's going to be some suicide, you don't it doesn't give it away who it will be. I'm horrible. In the sense that I never read tags. I never read author's notes in the beginning. But I don't want to be spoiled. I don't want to be, you know, I don't I don't want to ruin the fic experience for me. So I never, I'm always shocked at things that happen in fics. I'm like, oh. And then when you go back, you're like, oh, okay, well, they straight up, you know, put it. That's what the tags are for, I guess. And it's good for people that read them. Um, but, well, some people, I think, are yeah, really I also didn't read them. Kind of thing. Um, I seek them but, out. Like, okay, Do you? Has well, yeah, like it's who has character death? Bring it on. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was I was shocked too. Like the the way the way it's it's like what Lynn was saying. The way it was described, I can almost believe that is like literally how it would feel and how it would feel to you if you were that person that you know shot themselves in the head and then everything started coming back together and you you know. Um, yeah, like, oh yeah, the skull, I guess, does have to grow back. And there is going to be brain matter all over the morgue yeah. wall. And there is going to be this, and you are going to have a headache. And and I'm like, like, how do you even get to the point where you think, okay, if, you know, you were to do this and you are immortal and um, like, how would it feel to come back? And that, like, just the process. Afterwards. The details. Yeah. yeah. It's the details. Like when, when she writes about how like the you know the cordite and everything like how it comes out of her nose yeah. and that and her her like, I never yeah. would have thought about that no no um it just yeah because yeah, of the reality 
It does. Yeah. And it's also, it was an interesting um, addition that, you know, it's not like she's immortal and invincible and she doesn't feel mm-hmm. pain. She did feel she pain. Die. She it, yeah. And it said yeah. she felt pain beyond mm. pain. And, you know, she had a headache afterwards mm. and she was feeling awful. She had to take a nap yeah. or whatever. And I mean, yeah, yeah, like, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Your body died and yeah. came back. So that's well, even the car ride home. She's like, people are probably looking at me weird. I mean, you know, you've got blood yeah. everywhere or whatever. And it's like, you're just <laughs> driving along LA, you know? <laughs> Yeah. And just kind of wondering who's seeing you like that. And I think my first time reading it was for book club. I don't think I had read it before. I I was like new to Penumbra because I think I was like just back into, you know, the fandom around that point and reading like new fic. I, would, I was reading like the older fic and then I kind of stumbled upon Tumblr and then like onto Twitter and that kind of stuff and, and found the newer fic. But then, yeah, after that, it was just like, read everything that's, you know, possible from, yeah. <laughs> from Jess and just kind of absorb it all. But it, it's like, it's also like Casey said, where, you know, the first one, you're just like shocked by everything you're reading in general with the fic. And then as you read it, each time you kind of peel off the layer and you're like, oh, shit, this is what, you know, this is the other part. It's like watching something right the, over and over and over again. You're like, okay, I know what the main characters are doing. Let me look at the secondary. Let me look at the background. Let me look at this. Let me look at the lighting. Let me pay attention to the music, which in the beginning you don't. You just pay attention to the main thing that is happening. And that's how I feel reading her work. Well, and it's so layered. This one with, even... I was just going to say that it's so layered with like meaning and um, references. Yeah. And every time you're like, okay, what does this reference mean? And how does it tie back? And sorry, mm-hmm. go ahead, Fiona. Yeah, no, I was going to say the same thing. I think really my biggest takeaway the first time I read it was I need to read this again because I know that I didn't get everything from that that is in there. I, and that's why I think I probably want just to do it in book club because I just thought like, have other people read this? I I feel like I didn't even, I didn't understand it mm-hmm. properly. Or, or yeah, there was just so, I just knew that it was so full that I couldn't possibly have taken all the meaning out of it in one read. And I also knew that I wanted to go back and live in that world again because of the feeling that it it left me with. Um, and I was just so intrigued, you know. I will say that one of the things I really like about book club and like this darkest timeline book club is that we all come from different backgrounds and we all sometimes, not always, but sometimes see different meanings and different understandings. And especially for something like this or Dosting where you're like, what? <laughs> the hell does it mean? Um, it's, it, it's really helpful to have different people's interpretations and views and life stories to be able to make those connections and understand it more completely. And so had I read it alone, I, I would have enjoyed it. But it was really helpful the first time around and obviously now to talk to people about it and just get this overall big picture yeah. understanding and i think yeah these two there's just so many layers you need to you need you need like five people to bounce it off of yeah these things well and, and then and talk to the writer understand those concepts because yeah. i'm like no i'm like I'm, sh- I'm sure i've heard of it doesn't mean i know it or understand it or right. <laughs> yeah 
and even even with like reading the book you'll read something oh the reading the book sorry Mm. i mean it it is in printable format but um reading the fic whether it's your first or fifth or tenth time you'll catch it something will catch right and you're like oh and then you're like oh that ties everything else together so it really does then you're like oh now i want to reread it again and and with this understanding and i feel like that's how i'll feel after this chat (laughs) and you know i'm gonna want to reread it again my medical part of it the scientific part of it because that's yeah not my cup of tea and i've listened to um dusting three times just yes from yesterday and today wow and it wasn't bored, you know, and like you say, you kind of hit, listen to the whole thing, you kind of get, pick up on things, then when you listen again, you can apply that knowledge retrospectively, mm-hmm. say, and get new insights. Fandom's five, though, so do you think that Scully thinks she could die? What do you all think? Like, in the beginning? her Yeah, right, when she tries it, do you think she's actually thinking, no, this might work, or do you think she knows, no? It's not happening. I kind of felt like she was maybe like 90% sure that it was not going to work, but that there was a slight chance and she acknowledged that chance, but not to the degree where she was like, um, you know, because there was some lines about how she didn't say anything to Mulder or William when she left. She didn't act any different than she normally would because then it would make it so much worse when she came back home and saw them. Because it didn't work. So, I mean, that at first that kind of confused me and I had to read it a few times to get the point, but then I got it. It's like, okay, she's like pretty sure this will not work. And so, like, she's not, you know, living her life. She's not, she's already checked out. So, I think it was sort of an extension of her not living in the moment to just Mm -hmm. kind of flip the switch and see if the light came on or if it stayed off. Yeah, it's hard to say if it actually worked because I don't think she really comes back to herself or Mulder gets her back to herself until the very end of the fic. And even then, you'd not, you're not sure if she's going to commit to yeah. being alive again. Well, because how, how do you go on and live with your life knowing that, you know, your spouse or whatever you want to call Mulder in this fic and, and your she son. wasn't. And that's yeah. the tragedy of it, right? Because yeah. she's like she yes. only has she's not enjoying them portion of time and she's not living it she's no. already dead like she's she's living their death before yeah. it's like it's like <laughs> case's cat is completely gay crashing the scene it's okay we don't, <laughs> we don't need to see your face when you talk it's okay <laughs> yeah we just you keep talking no one on the podcast can hear that your yeah. cat has its cold face in the camera <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's can't be mad. That's just way it's too like cute. She's, she's living with a terminal diagnosis that right. never happens. That will never it's, come. Yes, and yeah. an interminable diagnosis. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like it's and that's yeah. the, her life is chronic. Yeah. It's a chronic condition. Yeah. Right. And she wants to be rid of it. Yeah. But it's it is heartbreaking that she's trying to be rid of it before Mulder and William. You know. Mm-hmm that's mm-hmm. what's really heartbreaking about it. And that's why, like, the timing is just, like, gut-wrenching. Yeah. Of, well, that's yeah. Why I think it's Mulder, ultimate irony. Mulder tells her that story, though, doesn't he, about, oh, he says about the guy with the antifreeze. He says, oh, well, mm-hmm. he, the guy who, he thought he was immortal, so he invited the press to watch him drink antifreeze. Um, William says, oh, well, what happened? He says, well, what do you think happened? Like, 
He drank yeah, he fucking died. died. Yeah. Right. yeah. But before that, he says, oh, well, like he's in his early 40s, I think he says. So like either way, he's got a, like a hell of a lot of life ahead of him. Mm-hmm. So whether he's immortal or not, he has a lot of life ahead of him. So I think he's clearly saying to Scully, like, well, what the hell are you doing? Because, okay, if you're immortal, you have a lot of life ahead of you. But if you're not, then you would have just ended it right now and there's yeah why not wait till you're like 90 or something or, or um, after we're yeah. dead they that's, can give it a go i that's why i like, don't that's think what makes she this would the ultimate tragedy to Mulder or william if she really thought she would die i don't yeah. think she would do that to her son i agree yeah. personally i agree i think she yeah. knew yeah i I've, like my head canon with the whole like immortal thing has always been it's it's a it's a seed in her head like I, I like I feel like it's always in the back of her head. And then in this fic too, it's the the fact that she doesn't age. So I took it to mean as because mm. you know with um what was his name? Felic? Yeah. Felic, yeah. Like this happened to him. But wait, did he age? Or was he didn't that age? No, because she, she, that's the age she sees all his photos and they're all the same at the yeah. press. So thirty okay. years ago, fifty years that's ago, right. he looks the same. So, whereas in in her case, it happened to her when she was so young, right? So now you're seeing your son growing, your you know, Mulder getting older, and then you're still staying your young, vibrant self, right? It's like, well, how do you, how do you keep living without people asking questions, right? And it's it's like, do you have to go more and more remote as the years go on for you know Mulder, who's eventually going to be sixty, seventy, eighty, whatever. And you're going to still be 30. Like, how do you explain that relationship? Right? Well, and they do keep moving. Because at the end yeah. of the yeah. fic, she says, like, well, I guess we're going to have to leave again. Yeah, yeah. Once people start questioning things. So mm-hmm. for her, it it's like like what we were saying. It almost is like the end of life for her in a set. Like, it's, I don't know. It's just so, I would not want that. That's what. <laughs> I think I'd want it for a certain amount of time. The beauty, yeah. the the youth, the not hurdy joints. But then mm-hmm. after a while, you're like, shit, everyone is old and I'm not. Like, I feel if she didn't, if she aged, maybe she would have felt de- differently. I don't know. Well, and Das Ding touches on that, which we'll get to. Because in Das Ding, she's centuries old. Yeah. Yeah. But not. <laughs> right. But, but not. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I thought it was so interesting when she met with Marty. Um, I mean, she didn't personally meet, but Mulder. She goes. She goes too. Uh, but I, I guess yeah, she I thought I made it Marty, sound yeah. like she was meeting with Marty. Mulder had like bumped into her, right? And then she tagged oh, along. Yeah, yeah. And from mind's eye, for people who aren't aware of who Marty is, um, she feels like she can be herself there. She doesn't feel the need to act a certain way or be worried about what this person thinks of her because the way she looks doesn't matter, which is freeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, which yeah. is so sad to think about. I don't know, it's so weird. Like I, I need to find more people who can't see so that I can be myself. Yeah. That's weird. Like she, she on paper has everything, you know? She's got Mulder, they're healthy. They got William back. He's healthy, grown. William back. Yeah. You know, like he, they, you know, watched him grow and raised him and were a family and normal, yet always just, 
you know, hovering above them um, and mainly her, I would say. Um, but hovering, you know, is just that, that inevitable reality of like, well, I will lose this. And then what, you know, have to live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever with these memories. And it, it's, what do you do? Do you, you know, keep finding new people in a sense after that eventually you're going to have to leave again as well, because it's, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. And she's, she's, oh, sorry, sorry. I was going to say, she's so alone. I think that that comes mm-hmm. up in a lot of other ways, symbolically in the fic. Like I noticed um, reading it again this morning, like when they're talking about Robinson Crusoe and, you know, oh, okay. So mum, you're like stuck on a desert island. And obviously Robinson Crusoe is abandoned. He's living this life all on, well, he has, is it Robinson Crusoe that has um, Man Friday? But anyway, isolated on a desert island. And she's saying, but I don't want to be on a desert island. And that's kind of what her life is like, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. She's stranded on the desert island of herself and that yeah. she's going to be, she is, if she's the only one, you are isolated, even though you have all the world. Mm-hmm. But you're isolated just because you don't have that same experience of going through and losing and, through, you know, on the same vague timeline that everybody else that you know going through you could tell she's she's prickly about it because you know she's not even playing Mm -hmm. along william's just like i mean it's just a silly thought game right what three books Mm -hmm. could you bring with you she's like but i don't want to be on an island yeah yeah and And that's it um, isn't it i think that's like her scully thesis of the whole you just want to be like scully i don't want to be such a scully knock it off being too much yourself (laughs) yeah but you know what i mean she's like but i don't want to be alone as an immortal person, that's like her whole, her whole gist of the fic, really, isn't it? Yeah, that is. That's it in a nutshell. Should we talk about yeah. William for a, a little bit? Mm-hmm. I have, I have a lot of thoughts on William. Or I, actually, I'm wondering what everyone else thought about him. Um, and I, I know that I always ask this question, but like first and foremost, who do you picture playing him? Ooh, not good question. I not the one that was chosen. Miles. Robbins. No, I don't think of. Yeah, I don't think of him. I think of one of one of Casey's uh, fake people uh, yeah. that she made in that app. <laughs> okay. Yes. Oh, I have the the, the Do exact you have one a in fake my William? head. Oh, have you not seen these? I I've seen like fake Charlie oh, and fake. Oh no, what? she's supposed to fake William. I don't remember. Who yeah, I've got a bunch of fake Williams. I yeah. mean, I could show it this to you guys, like, but this is a podcast. Yes. Yeah. I think we're going to have Casey's second movies. hobby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know why I don't remember William. I remember a bunch of redheaded guys. No, yeah, she did. She's done Williams. Okay, send um, some to me when you when we uh, release this, and I'll post them with the episode. I will send you the one that I have in my brain. That yes, ma'am. All right. I have to think after. So yeah, I, I. Oh yeah, I don't. After wise, I don't know. I don't really know, but I. Uh, personality wise, yeah. I love him. He is. He's the best. He's so smart. He's so funny. Uh, you know, he's the perfect combination yes. of them. I feel like physically, he's very much like Mulder. You know, he's very mm-hmm. tall. That's um, how I always picture him. And his eyes are just, des- I love the way that his eyes are described. They're described in multiple places. And I think one place she calls them rainy yeah. day eyes. Yeah. I guess they're kind of grayish or maybe hazel. And I just thought that was such a pretty description. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she specifically calls him like his sleepy Mulder eyes, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. What's interesting to me about the William in this is, of course, like now we, we're thinking, oh yeah, the revival just happened. Like we saw William, but when this was written, this Mm -hmm. was, it was, there was no frame of reference 
to William, apart from the fact that he was he was mm-hmm. the baby and then he was gone. So really, when this was written, this is this is really wish fulfillment, isn't it? This is like 20 years in the future. Oh, what would it be like? Oh, it would be really nice if William were around. And oh, he would be like Mulder and he would be like Scully, you know, in these different ways. Oh, here we go. Okay. We're getting well, maybe the, I have the visual, the William. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. I have seen that. All right. <laughs> maybe I have it printed on my wall. Yeah, family sharing the pic. But yeah, it's interesting to me how much this is like that kind of fluff wish fulfillment of like, oh, I wish Mulder and Scully had William back and wouldn't it be wonderful if he were like this? Brackets, by the way, Scully's immortal. You know what I mean? It's so much about writing that wrong that we all felt was Mm -hmm. done to us at the end of the episode. Like that William was appeared and then taken away so cruelly. But yeah, so it's really nice that he is such a sweetie in this. He's everything you would expect, isn't he? Mm -hmm. He's smart. He's creative. He's kind. He's very mellow. Well, she even calls him like the best of both of them, or he, or she calls him mm. like both of them, um, like simplified or you know, combined or something. Yeah, yeah, distilled, condensed. Yeah. Is anybody bothered by the fact that they went to the adoptive parents and took him back? So I do remember yes. asking Jess about this, and she said she, you know, she just kind of glossed over it. She didn't. Yeah pay much attention to how, you know, it was done. And so, you know, I, like, I I kind of brought up, I was like, well, do you think it was like Mulder had never actually signed away his parental rights because he wasn't around to do so. Mm -hmm. Um, So legally they would have, you know, they would, they'd have a little bit of standing to, Mm -hmm. you know, just go in there and be like, nope. (laughs) Denied. Okay. New head cannon. Yeah. Can you write this thing for me? Yeah. So, and I, I kind of, I kind of loved that. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, you didn't have to talk about it because it wasn't even a question. Of course mm-hmm. they'd go get him back if mm-hmm. they could have. And they, yeah. and, and they did. And I loved that. For me, it was the one thing in this fic that I went, mm, really? <laughs> Cause I just, I just thought like that, that just would like, that wouldn't happen. You can't just go and take a kid back after you've had them adopted. Like, but, it was kind of, it was somewhat glossed over in this. And I did the same. I glossed it over. But I have to say that Mulder point is very valid because he wasn't there mm-hmm. to sign it over. I wonder if he would have a legal leg to stand on to say, oh, well, at the time, yeah. I've already thought I was dead. <laughs> but actually, as it, happened, as it turns out, oh, no, it wasn't dead. I was hiding dead from like aliens or trying to kill me. So yeah. Everyone was trying to kill him. But we don't need to get into that. You know how it goes. He does call it the worst thing he's ever done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they do yeah. acknowledge yes. that, I mean, this is a pretty, I mean, yeah. that's a big deal to take a kid back. Said, you yeah. Know? Yeah. So they do. He even it. said, I've killed people, but that was the worst thing I'd ever yeah. done. Yes. Well, and mm-hmm. I, which it would mm-hmm. be. It really would be both times, like when, you you know, William wasn't even tiny when she gave him up for adoption. So he would definitely have trauma from that. Like he wouldn't necessarily remember it, but he would have massive mm-hmm. psychological trauma from being taken away from Scully. So to then be mm-hmm. taken away from a second couple, and I, I mean, cause I just, I used to work only as a receptionist, but I used to work for an adoption and fostering agency. So I think that's just what made me think like, well, this just doesn't seem realistic. But yeah, I think. Let's say it was real. Let's say it did happen, which with the Mulder point of view, perhaps it could have done. Yeah, it would have been hugely traumatizing for him. So it was the worst thing that it could have done to the Vanderkamps, but also to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and I think, yes, I think if you're, if you're writing on a fake and, and that's not what your fake is going to be about, I think that was the most plausible, simplest way to write getting William back, like, yeah. like a gloss glossing over it, you know, whereas yeah. I feel like if there was this whole, you know, hoopla about the consortium and all that and yada, 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 and whatever, like I feel yeah. like more time and more attention would have had to be spent and taken away from the overall theme of the fic and the overall subject yeah. of the fic. But that was the, of course, the well. thieving. Yeah. That was my uh, thought. Yeah, what, that it maybe was a bit like, really? <laughs> Even getting him back, like, yeah. I that would be the easiest way, really, um, than anything else. But it was sad. Like, yeah. And to be, yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, at least it does acknowledge, like, that was a bad situation. It's mm-hmm. not just like, oh, yeah, we got him back. It was fine in the end. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a terrible thing all around for everyone involved. I can't imagine being in that type of situation ever. But then to be nonchalant about it, like, yeah, we, we got you back. No big deal. You're our mm-hmm. son. At least, like you said, at least he acknowledges it. For me personally, if it was more of a family fic, I would have expected more of a an explanation. But it really, yeah. it seems like a slice of life family fic. But there's so much more going on underneath it. And the obviously the Scully suicide, but I'm like, okay, I can buy this. We'll we'll just say that they yeah. were able to work it out, and I didn't need <laughs> yes. that much of an explanation. But it did give me like a, that's not how that works. That it wouldn't be so yeah. simple. If, if I were bantering it, I that I would have been like, um, I bumped on this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what I would have said. Yeah, yeah. But no, Casey has I think put forth a very strong argument of how it could potentially legally have worked. And the good thing is, we're in this fic, obviously, you're so far removed from it. Mm-hmm. You don't need to go over it. The fact of just mentioning it is enough to to just make it make sense in the reader's mind. But it's not what we're focusing on, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just going to pause. Why did you change? Why did you change your name? Fiona did it. Fiona changed her name in the middle of it. I saw, but then you're acknowledging that. <laughs> well, she did it in the middle. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm taking up our time. I'm taking up our time. That's okay. That was funny. That was funny. I'm going to change it back. It did make that's me my, laugh. That's my, that's my bad. Sorry. No, I can't no, help it. Fine. There's a joke there. I'm I, ch- I changed it again. <laughs> <laughs> Should I change my name? I know. Really I can't. I, I'm not that witty. I can't think of anything interesting to change my name to. Dana here Stelman. for the ride. Here for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I lost my train of thought. What should we talk about? Do you guys want to talk about Arable then? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I saw your your questions and your notes about, you know, who does Arable represent? And I like the idea that maybe Arable could represent the viewers or the the reader um, or somebody that's just like really fascinated by Mulder and the way he works. Um, that I'm made Arable. a lot of sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> Mulder, you are so handsome. Oh my God. You know, that was a little bit like creepy-ish. Like, no, not creepy. Mm. Well, Arable didn't say no. that, right? Arable said, wow, yeah. Mulder. And then yes, and William then, was like, dad, you were really yes. handsome. Yeah, William yes. said it. But Which I that think whole it was, thing, that whole scene But was we so all adorable. know what she meant. Yeah. Yeah. We, yes, all exactly. know. we know. Yeah, we know. Hit non-dad. 
What? Yeah, yeah. she definitely has a crush on him. On the dad. No. <laughs> but then towards the end, she's kind of leaning against William, and it seems like they might like we're shipping them now. I don't hmm. know. Well, I, I definitely saw there them was a funny part yeah. as a potential future couple. Like for me, because for me, I I see a lot of. I think William in this is another way of immortality. So if no matter what happens with Scully, like the lineage is going on, that's Mulder's immortality, but it's their joint immortality. Like they will live on because they have procreated. And then I see Arable, I think, as yeah, a parallel to a young Scully getting together with Mulder. And then that they I see a future for them. I think Arable and William, yes, I think it's implied. They're gonna go off to England, Oxford and Cambridge. They'll eventually end up together with children and the lineage continues, is what I was thinking. And you know, William yeah, looks like I, his dad, I so <laughs> that doesn't no, hurt. Score one for Arable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's funny because when they're when they were riding in the car, they were like, "Imagine being married," and they were like, "Oh my god!" You know, like it seemed like that it hadn't even occurred to them, and that's you know because they're so young; they're what eighteen, so that makes sense. But they were just like, "Imagine having a baby." Like, you just realize how very young they are that like that yeah. never even occurred to them because they're just so young and just starting out their lives that that seems like eons away. That yeah. that's something really old people do. Yep. Yeah. But I think they do, you know, because Mulder says, doesn't he, looking at them, he's like, oh, he knew, what is it? He knew the, yeah, Mulder recognized the nonchalant lean, the casual whisper of determined just friends. He knew the intense beauty of the person you dare not touch. So he's, he's oh. seeing it. So if we believe him, I think we're seeing, okay, we can see where this will mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. The Mulder men, they don't move quickly, as we know. <laughs> <laughs> but I love how... In the story, Mulder is so still so in love with Scully. I mean, he's just reverent. And like throughout the entire thing, I just, you you can really feel it. And I just love that. Yes. Yeah. And she still loves him too. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, even though she's sort of in a bad place, you can tell, you know, that they're just, they're it for each other. And that's. Yeah, yeah, she's like, well, he's still mm-hmm. handsome. And, you know, she's still, like, taking care of him. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm fucking uh-huh. here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you're here because of this fic or because... I am in it for, like, I am in fan what? fiction for Scully and Mulder being okay. just fucking it for each other. And that mm-hmm. is the, that is my main drive. That is the fire that lights this engine, ladies. <laughs> No, is there is there anyone for whom that is not true? No, zero no. hands. Okay, See, no. yeah, zero. No, yeah, no. no one's here for like intricate alien conspiracies. Nope. No. Okay, <laughs> I'll fuck with some other. But <laughs> I mean, I I am that's what originally pulled me in. But this story really does it on another level. It's not just yeah. like oh yeah, I love you. I love you too. Let's have the sex. And then they have the sex and then (laughs) that's it. It's so much more than that. It's so deep and meaningful. You can see the connection of the, because it's set in 2020. I mean, you can see all the years Mm -hmm. like that. It is, it is really, she, she writes it brilliantly all those years. It's like, yeah, that love is just, it's probably been enriched and it's grown, but it's also kind of condensed in on itself. And it's, you know, it's a singularity. Which is makes it so remarkable that it was written in 2001 because it's like, well, that's just how good 
her number is. That's how mm-hmm. good Jess is. But, but mm-hmm. she obviously knows this intimacy or, you know what I mean, that she can write the details of that 20-year love of this couple. Obviously, that's coming out of her own mind because we didn't, we hadn't seen that then. All, we'd, all that would have been, yeah, they, Mulder and Scully have gone on the run in the truth hard stop and she's writing it in that vacuum Mm -hmm. so yeah she hasn't seen them to get back together in the revival Mm -hmm. she's projecting forward and just does it brilliantly I love how that's weaved through there's so many touches the touches the looks you know the way they connect it's not just oh here is a scene in which they are touching right having sex you know it's it's really in every single scene that intimacy that 20 you know what be like 30 at that point and it's not yeah it's not tangible right it's like it's still really fresh I mean there's that whole like when they're talking about all the molders like one molder playing scrabble Mm -hmm. with another molder and then Scully is like one molder up in the bedroom giving another molder a back rub and like when he looks at her after she says that like with interest right I mean like that's it's yeah oh Blame me. When he's holding the chocolate cake and that she can take her eyes off him. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yes, just tiny moments like that, you think. That's everything we're here for, isn't it? Yeah. And they do, the tiny yeah. moments are part of what made the show what it is, I think. That's why we're still obsessing over it today. So we find just those little moments where you're like, that's chippy. And someone's looking at you. Yeah. Like, How is that chippy? I'm like, no, look at the way they're looking at each other. I'm telling you. I'm telling yeah. you. And that's yeah. what the show was. And that's what she brought to this story as well. Yes. The small moments. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I almost wonder to had like the revival not happened so late and happened, you know, normal time-ish or whatever, if how much it would have affected how this was written, which is, I mean, it's, you can never have that answer in a sense, but unless you asked her and she answered that, but <laughs> um, she yeah. said it was obviously rendered obsolete by, um, you know, I want to believe she's like, you know, I want oh, to believe rendered sure. it obsolete yeah. already. So, but to me, it doesn't because it's, you know, no. we're perfectly comfortable with an AU. So mm-hmm. I don't care that this doesn't fit with what we've later seen. Mm-hmm. I can just in my head say, okay, we're picking up from the truth. And yeah. This is well, it's, that particular it's parallel universe. One of the uh, many outcomes of the multiverse. This is how they're living in another mm. universe. Mm-hmm. In my mind. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Are we though? Are we? The spiral. Should we talk about the spiral? The golden mean spiral? Yes. Yes. So oh, what was... Oh. Maybe I'll wait to see what Annie has no, to you say. Go. I, I, don't, I don't have anything brilliant to say. Me neither. I'm here to listen to this part. I don't fully know what the spiral was supposed to accomplish. Like it was spoken of as being what, like a portal? Was it supposed to attract something? Was it supposed to like connect multiverses? So, you know, like in, in a spiral, you get down to the point where it's like infinitesimal, right? You can't get any smaller. And I think that was supposed to be like the point at which maybe Scully could cross over. Um, it, it does say immortality the to... spiral. Yeah, it says it was a valve binding together the ethereal and material worlds. Worlds. So, is she in the ethereal world, and if he makes her a spiral, where she can step into the material world? Yeah, yeah. And so, so that to me, know. that's that was what I thought. But like, so it was. But they, they, she also mentions that this, this is William's first foray into like physics. 
Like he decided physics is the way I'm going to be able to help my mom. His whole life is basically going to be about solving this problem, this mortality problem, immortality problem. And like that was sort of his first experiment, which I thought was really cool. And also I'm going to tie this into dusting when we get there talking about dusting later, because the golden mean spiral, there's a parallel there. That's pretty Mm -hmm. cool. But back to Kevin with me. So this is, this is his first attempt. Yeah. I just was like, okay. Scully. Mm. And he mows the spiral into their lawn or not even the lawn. It's like the grasses that grow below I think it's like a hillside yeah, below their hill, home. on the hillside. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, I'm telling you, this house is like modeled after my uncle's. Anyway, um, he had like this exact layout. <laughs> anyway. Um, Interesting. I'm telling you the, the way she describes it. And like they have this whole house, but then there's this whole field. This was in Sunland, I believe, on top of a hill. And there's like the house, but then there's this field of grass below. And I'm like, I don't, A, I don't know who this belongs to. B, it reminds me exactly of this fic. Anyway, this isn't about my uncle's yeah. house. And so- It does bring I, a point to like, yeah, Los Angeles is a character, right? And this yeah. is, like it is in a very accurate character in in I'm astounded. Yeah, me yeah. too. And she's never, she has driven through Los Angeles once. I asked that question because I lived in LA uh, for, 20, for 21 years and- she just nails so much of it. Yeah. Um, was it like just research? Yeah. That's unbelievable. Was it just extensive research that she did? Or yeah. Like, yeah. Google I mean, Maps. It, yes. I was going to say, some of it, I think, I know I was reading on some live journal, somebody else was discussing Fathoms 5 and somebody swept in and was like, oh, well, actually, like I think Miramar is actually, it is a naval base, but it's a naval air base. So unless there was it's previously- Top Gun, an, isn't it? A Navy Pretty base. Sure top Gun. Miramar's top oh, gun. Oh, well, maybe that's it. Because she talks about standing at Miramar and waiting for the ship to come in. And someone was like, well, actually, that's an airbase. So <laughs> that Miramar Naval so Air Station. Naval Air Station. But it's, but it's because yeah. it's for naval pilots. It's not for yeah. like uh, Air Force pilots, right? So it's not yes. that. Right. It's not. There's no ship coming in. <laughs> but unless maybe previously it was a different, there was a Navy port called Miramar but the thing is she writes so well that you but and I've lived in California and I thought oh my god it really takes me back there it takes me back to Los Angeles Mm -hmm. like parking behind the billboard and the car dealership and watching people on Ventura Boulevard like to me it felt like being there and it felt like houses we went to I don't know like in the canyons or in um in the Hollywood Hills or something although I think she talks about hearing the traffic on the grade right and I was thinking what what's that is it the Conejo grade that's what I thought. Like, are they north on the five, so, close more on the five? The Conejo grade, that's on the way to San Francisco, right? If you go north on the five. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't try, try to stay away from the five. She said something about <laughs> hearing the traffic. I was, yes, the five. It's much nicer to get the PCH way, but um, I was like, oh, the grade. I don't know what the grade is. It's definitely, to me, um, I was like, this is the north end of the valley, like of the San Fernando Valley, which is north of Los Angeles, or part of Los Angeles. And it was, just yeah. cool. how I don't know how she did it. She's brilliant it, at it. It felt like it. It's good writing, yeah. even if some of the details might be off. To me, right. I felt yeah. back there with the heat, the descriptions of the skin of the Santa Ana winds, 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. I Even just like tile in the house, like that. I was like, yeah. that is a, that is the Spanish tile that you would find in a home in Los Angeles, and like the flannel soft and everything about it. Just and then she pulls in other characters that we know that aren't people, like Mulder's couch and the Navajo oh, rug, yes. where there where Williams like, you know, there's blood on oh, this. The couch. <laughs> um, I cleaned it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's and Scully's armoire, right? Her 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 pine armoire. With mm-hmm. all you know, and it was so nostalgic. It was such a. It was. It is so nostalgic. But sorry, I've I've totally misdirected us from talking about the golden mean spiral that it's okay. that William does in the in the Los Angeles hillside. <laughs> this, I, did there. I think this conversation is as messy as my notes. That's okay. <laughs> so was she supposed to like walk into the spiral, or like was its mere existence somehow supposed to enable her? <laughs> I don't think it was more ethereal than that. I don't think he had an idea like, okay, mom, now you stand here and I'm going to do this. I think it was more just a, well, let's, yeah, sort of symbolic, symbolic. sort of like, let's try something, you know, I mean, because I think it's, it's, if you read the, 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 you know, the whole work numerous times, which we all obviously have at this point, but I mean, basically, Mulder even admits that William's sole reason for existence is to save his mother and by save, like, find, uh, let her find a way to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this is his sort of coming into that role of being his mother's executioner <laughs> with love. Yeah. Um, and I th- so I think that was the, his, the first, his first yeah, step towards it. Especially. Right, right. Yeah, maybe it's more poetic than practical to kill as well okay so so i didn't miss something massive it wasn't totally clear how that worked all right yeah and it didn't work i think was also the point of it yeah well a point of it yeah but it was cool i mean i would like to see that i like how it ended up being confused for a crop circle and then all of the news (laughs) helicopters outside their house making everyone uncomfortable yeah another dusting parallel when we get there I will say, I love this quote. This is about the golden mean spiral. It's the universal symbol for love, Scully said out of nowhere while they were drinking tea in the arbor. Like, oh, always bringing it back to the love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. I just had to add that. Because yeah, I have that. the whole quote and it, it ends with that. But the quote itself is kind of long. Well, let's talk about the walk off right? Because this is sort of what spins Scully out. And I think the yeah. reason she tr- attempts the suicide when she attempts it is because her father's ship is being um, scrapped mm-hmm. and it's going past where they are. Like it's yeah. going down the Pacific and it's sort of, you know, I think she can kind of feel it out there in the ocean and she's really heartbroken by it. Because even at the beginning, right after she says it, it was like Scully was thinking of the ship mm-hmm. as she's about to blow her brains out. Yeah, her, it was the ship um, she was thinking of, trying to keep herself detached. Yeah, exactly. I I almost took the visual of the ship, you know, just sailing off, not sailing off, but like you know, floating and drifting on its own with nothing around it, as how she might potentially be feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, of just empty. It is her. Yeah, empty. She'll just be drifting through life eventually when everybody is gone that she loves. And she'll just be kind of there, you know, the the vessel, which is the boat and her body. 
but empty every other possible way than what a human should be feeling in general, you know? Yeah. Every time that like description of, you know, the boat just kind of floating along or anytime it was kind of brought up, I was like, Oh, this is actually really sad. It is sad. Yeah. Yes. I mean, Cause it's going to be turned into scrap metal and slag and melted mm-hmm. down and turned into other things. Yeah. And not even Scully can do that. Like no. the ship will become other things. It will have a life of its own. It'll die yes. and be reborn like the circle yes. of life. And Scully won't, she's just going to keep going on and on forever. Yeah. yeah. Just drifting. Right. Yeah. Fiona, do you have any insights into that? I know you really dedicated yourself to this story for a while. Oh, me? Yeah. I mean, we we talked about, um, in the, when we talked to Jess, I don't want to rehash the same conversation, but just um, how Scully is experiencing, like throughout the whole fic, there's like lots of little deaths. So, and this death of her father's ship is the trigger really, isn't it? For mm-hmm. this kind of, okay, right. I just need to see, you know, I'm going to start losing things. Like not only has her dad died, but maybe she's hanging on to those things that were still hanging around. And mm-hmm. now that's being taken away from her. And um, yeah, so in that conversation with Jess, we kind of pick up a few more of those, but it's, it's happening to her. It does happen. It happens to Mulder and it happens to William as well. Like you get the, like the death of William's childhood. Like, you know, that was the year he's, he became a physicist and where he's realizing, oh, like my mother's immortal. So I better do something about this. Like he's losing his childhood and, you know, he's got an end of an era because he, yeah, yeah, exactly. He loses his innocence. Um, you know, he's going to lose, he's now, his childhood at home is ending because he's going off into the world. But for Scully, of course, she's more, you know, it's more imperative, more of an imperative for Scully to hold on to these things because she's going to have to go on living. And if the people are gone, it would be nice if some of the things were around, but that's going as well. So yeah, I think it's hugely important in the symbolism of the whole thing. Mm Mm-hmm. There's something I was thinking about, um, you know, immortality, like you were saying, Casey, about the ship is going to get taken to pieces and kind of go back into life. I, lo- I There's that little bit on um, immortality where Mulder says, you know, he's he's kind of goes off in a little riff, doesn't he, about all the different things that are immortal. Like um, he starts talking about, oh, what is it? The Turritopsis, Nitricular Jellyfish, Styrofoam, Bismuth 209 atoms that have existed since the Big Bang and still free float on and on into forever, living their lives as Larkspur and Greenlanders and stop signs. Yeah, so it's kind of all these things that that will keep going. But I suppose those things are all the immortal things. So they are the things that are a bit like Scully, as opposed to the ship that will get dismantled. Also, I love this tour that we're getting of your house, by the way. I know. Oh, yes. It's so cute. <laughs> Here's the conservatory. It's so like the best room, room in the house other than your office. It is. We love it in here. So, I would be here all the time. We are, especially, it's so hot and it's, it catches all the sun in the morning. Yeah. It's in here. So, uh, so I, yeah, I have one, one more thing I think I wanted to say about Fathom's Five, really, which is half of that immortality point I was just making. But also another point. But does anybody else, do we have much more we want to say on this, or should do you think we should skip it? I wanted to talk about the title, <gasps> of course. Yeah. Yes. Because yes, we need to do that. This is 
I mean, we can jump to that later, but it's, I well, just, I We were talking it. about the immortality thing. Did, did you want to just finish that up and then we can talk about the title? Okay. Yes. Good one. So what I was thinking about this immortality thing. So I noticed, so Mulder has this speech where he's talking about things that go on forever. He just kind of goes off on a riff about immortal things like Turritopsis, Nutricular Jellyfish, Styrofoam, Bismuth 209, atoms that have existed since the Big Bang and still free float on and on into forever, living their lives as Luxfer and Greenlanders and stop signs, um, which is a bit like what you were saying, Casey, about the ship being melted down and it's going to go on and live life in other forms. Um, and kind of talks about other immortality things. This is, I feel, where Jess kind of went, oh, and here is all my research on things that are immortal that come in here, like <laughs> all the reading she's done around it, like Philosopher's Stone, Holy Grail. But I was reading Vespers and I thought, actually, this sentiment has come up in that. And I was I think Vespers was written before this in its Mulder and Scully talking about things. I think he says, like, what brings you joy or something? And Scully says, what I love is the fact that every atom that makes up our beings has existed since the creation of the universe. And that for this tiny flash of our lifetimes, they are us, they comprise us, they walk around this planet in our guise, then we die and disintegrate and they move on and become part of something else. So essentially we go on in a jillion different directions and become as many new things. And how can you really die if that's what happens? And Mulder says, you can't. So, Ooh, yeah. Beautiful. You can't. Yeah. <gasps> Yeah. And I just thought, oh, that's really, yeah, that's just really lovely. That's obviously something that Jess thinks about and is preoccupied by. And I actually, I did wonder if that whole germ of the idea, if that's what she was mulling over and thought, well, hang on a minute, Scully is supposed to be immortal. Let's go down this road Mm -hmm. and explore that. Oh, that's interesting. Do we think, oh no, never mind. That's a dusting question. Sorry, Lynn, you were going to (laughs) say. So I really uh, was smitten with the title of this Mm -hmm. piece. And it was one of those fics where before I've even read the story, I just, I know that it's going to be interesting just from the title. Yeah. Um, and it, so what do you guys think? Am I the only person no, that looks at, at it all. that way? I, I actually do want to point out. So when we, when Fiona and I did our interview with Jess, she pointed out that the working title of this was actually called Blue Ruin. Oh. It wasn't always Fathoms 5. Is that a reference to oh, something? Yeah. I don't know if we got into that. Okay. Um, Stay tuned. Listen to another episode of Audio Fanfic Podcast, in which we interview Penumbra. But I'm just looking it up, and apparently it means complete and utter ruin, desolation. Um, So, and it's an archaic slang, and it also means low-end gin, usually homemade. I get like like mother's ruin. Um, (laughs) Blue ruin, yeah, means complete and utter ruin, desolation. Which actually is not dissimilar to the meaning of um, five. That works. So for, um, for something to be lost, irretrievably lost, right. is for it to be full fathom five. And it, but it also means to be irretrievably sunken in right. So, right. So, a fathom is I six feet. That. Yeah. Right. A fathom is six feet. Yeah. And like in the old lore of sailor lore, if something was lost, if it was more than fathoms, five fathoms down, it, you, yeah, right. It was, as Fiona said, irretrievable. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get it back. Um, and I just, I also love that, like, it's sort of nautical with the, I mean, I know it's from Shakespeare, but it's, you know, I think about like, yeah, like Scully's dad's ship and the Fathom's Five. And I just love how it all kind of comes together. Well, 
And do we know? But why? Why Fathoms Five? Why not Fathom Five? Oh, I she mean, said she. It, uh, she says it was um, a childhood mishearing of Shakespeare's phrase. Is what she said. Aww. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I read there was, you know, when she posted like her master of fic list on Tumblr, she commented that it was a because that's always something I wondered about, and uh, uh, she commented that it was, you know, she don't misquote. It's like, okay, oh, why? Yeah, so I think it's just one of those uh-huh. things where and it's one thing. So I guess it was just something she remembered yeah. that way. Yeah, I think so. But also, of course, because yes. that bit... I can see that. I can yeah. see that. I mean, then it works anyway. Yeah. Oh, totally. But, but you know that poem? Because it's on my copy. She puts that, you know, that bit of Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. It's it's where they come... It's, yeah. They've just come off the shipwreck, haven't they? And they're telling the daughter that oh your father has died and he is at the bottom of the ocean so that's four fathom five thy father lies so it also made me think well it's like scully's dad of course as they talk about in the fic that he was buried Mm -hmm. at sea um so i think we've got these parallels as well oh so it could be a reference to her Mm -hmm. dad or to her yeah to be her whole situation sort of metaphorically depressed scully is but um I don't know why I said that like you, Jen. <laughs> but um, yeah, to me, I always thought, oh yeah, like but her her dad is was buried at sea. Um, yeah, of his bones are coral made. Yeah, that I don't know why that's so obvious. It's well, really it's just appropriate there as well, isn't it? Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. And especially because they specifically yeah, talk about layer. it. I never made the connection of her oh, dad. Oh, uh, yes. Well, I was thinking, yeah, because they specifically do bring it up. I mean, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not smart. This is why. Don't say you're not you guys, smart. There's so but, many layers um, to this. Like I mean, yeah, yes, like and you're the, the only ocean. one that can do math. And like, being at the yeah, bottom of the can do math. No, Fiona does math. <laughs> I just didn't oh, make Fiona's the link to math. her dad. Okay, How could you forget Fiona's math? math. I can't oh do math. Oh my god. I can't do math. All right, we got two what mathematicians. Teaching math is a whole. That's another ball game. Yeah. So are anyway, we, that's great to know really that additional information. So reading it, I was just, I don't to know, I was thinking the thing is the most of life that you have now, and that's all that cozy family thick. Mm-hmm. It really works well because it gets you to mm-hmm. think, oh yeah, those are the wonderful moments, aren't they? The eating dinner, you know, the making lasagna, the joking, the laughing together. Those that quality time you spend together, like this, that's what you should hang on to. Yeah, so I think it it's funnily enough in in functioning as a fic about immortality, really it works as a fic about mortality and living your life to the best that you can. The dog. Is- yeah, there's definitely a lesson there. And those are the parts that stuck with yeah. me the most the first time around, anyway. Mm-hmm. So I agree. Yeah, someone wrote some notes in here in purple. I don't know who that is. Uh, what if Scully were really immortal? How would that feel to her, to Mulder, to William? We kind of touched upon that. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, this was, that was me. Okay. And yeah, I think we have talked about that. Got it. Okay. And then the last one, what do yeah, you think it's about? Because like, you were saying like, it has no plot. And I was like, well, I, I guess I guess it's just kind of about, no, but what would it really be like? Yes. Yeah. And that, that wasn't a criticism. I think I, what, are you saying Penumbra said that or that I said it? No, 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 no. Uh, oh, yeah, I think you had written it. Yeah. Like, oh, it doesn't really have much of a plot it's kind not of thing. Heavy, and so I was just saying, well, a... I think it's about this. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's not... That is not a criticism. A no, criticism I did at not all. consider it a criticism. I, I couldn't believe how quickly I <laughs> got through the story 
the second time around, I was like, oh, this is still really engaging. I know what's going to happen. I know it's not plot heavy, but I'm still all in on this story, this family. It doesn't matter how many times I read it. I always find something new. And especially, and Fiona does an amazing job reading it, but I pulled so many new things when you're listening to it and not, it's not on the page in front of you. Mm -hmm. Um, That was just so cool and so fascinating to me, having always read it, listening to it finally. And like, you can just pull out so much more. There's so much in there. It's so dense that there's always something new to find every time you read it. And I feel the listening part of it is because you're not getting caught up on pronouncing the words properly. (laughs) Well, and it's a different part of your brain working, right? I mean, it's, 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 you know, totally. How do you you, how many of those words I had to cut back in? Oh yeah. You'll hear it. it. And it was about (laughs) teratopsis neutricula. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what Jess expects. You know what though? In like in audiobooks like that I'm listening to as well from the library, having heard so many and, and done a couple of recordings and stuff, I can pick up when I'm like, oh, oh, that's an edit. Because mm-hmm. it's like oh you can never get it right. I've tried. I've tried to play with like the the things, uh, even when I've had to edit something back in. I'm like, it it just completely sounds like a robot is is saying it properly oh it sounds so different or you're like why do I sound like I'm underwater like in a submarine behind a mattress mm-hmm. in this yeah. take and yeah over here I sound like I'm in the Albert Hall or something yeah 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 crisp and clear and perfect yeah um but for me reading helped me understand it so much more mm-hmm. I, I think I understood it a hell of a lot better having had to just slow down and um yeah yeah it, I got new meaning out of it from not just reading it say yeah couple comments listening to Casey read Dosting really helped me understand it better because we read it the first time and then she recorded it and I was like oh oh okay um but also now that like you said when you slow down Fiona and you understand it so much better I will sometimes read things out loud just so I know I'm taking my time and reading every single word carefully and slowly. There's just one last question here. What do we think about William's last line at the ending? He closes out this story. Uh, yeah, because he says right at the end, doesn't he? He's, he just turns back and he says, oh, mom, like I'm going across the ocean. Like that's the last line. Mm-hmm. I struggle with that. I was trying to, like, how does that function as an ending? And I have an idea maybe, but I really was curious what other people thought about that as the last thing. I sort of saw it as sort of an uplifting moment where, like, you know, I mean, he's 18, he's about to go off to college, sort of like a last childhood gasp. You know, it was a very, it's very, it's a childish thing to do and not in a bad way, but, um, and it's sort of a freeing, bringing Scully back into herself. Look at your son. Look at, like, look at the joy. Look at the, you know, he's feeling this thing. I'm about to go across the ocean. I mean, like how ex- it's so exciting to go off to college and do all those things. My take from it was that he says this as a way to kind of grab onto Scully and pull her into that moment with him. That's what I took. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, because I was thinking, oh, is it 
it, it kind of yeah. turned into this thing of this life cycles ending like his you know the loss of his innocence when he became a physicist that it's like okay and here is the end of his childhood so he's it's like a little death in his life that's the end of that uh part of his life where they all live in california together and he's always lived at home since he was taken back um and now yeah like you say but the actually that's filled with potential isn't it that excitement of like oh my god like i'm about to start a whole new chapter like i won't even be on this continent i'm going to be across the ocean and also ocean is so important in scully's life isn't it with her dad and everything that it's just not it ties it back thematically into that but yeah i think for ages i just kept thinking well why why do we end there like why why does that why is that the ending or why does that feel right and now it does feel a lot more right to me now i think i've sorted out what's happening well the ocean that it fits in yeah the ocean is just so wide and vast and all the possibilities are ahead not only for william but what well not only for scully but for what william will accomplish in his own life either helping his mother or going on and living his own life i guess well and the ocean is is big for both of them right like um in the beginning when she's talking about them having moved to la and she's like you know Mulder misses the eastern like the east coast right when he was growing up as well like they both have the ocean in them from growing up as well just that that closeness so that pull to it and then to add her dad's ship and and what that kind of symbolizes that's where i kind of took it that you know he'll be you know going across just like that ship but not in a, in a bad way of like going to his mm. you know death mm. in a sense but i don't know but we do associate the scully family don't we with the ocean mm-hmm. yeah but even molder grew up next to the beach mm-hmm. and so it definitely seems like the ocean mm-hmm. is important in the molder scully family overall Mm-hmm. Yeah, Quantica talk. Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. your Mulder voice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quantica talk. Okay. There you go. There you go. <laughs> that was just your American accent. That's the just such one. a fun word. We don't have places with such fun names in the in the UK. All these <laughs> Native American words. Wonderful. See, just I like think you're York, Kent. You have some interesting names, though. I can't remember them now, but I'm friends with someone, and she posts stuff like from her travels through England and the UK. Like and I'm all like, that oh, that's Welsh, a fun don't word. you have like all that Welsh is pretty. That's true. Cons- what is it called? Other country, though, to be fair. <laughs> true. Yes, Trillin. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, when we were talking about the last line, I was scrolling through to like (laughs) read the last line (laughs) to remind myself. But I, okay, the irony is I have this, this verse from The Tempest memorized, but I didn't really think about it. And when you read it, you realize, oh, it's talking about the immortality of things. Everything's immortal because even though he's at the bottom of the sea, he's not dead. He's just been Mm -hmm. being reinvented as something new. Oh, that's so true. It's the same thing about the, Realize that. Greenlanders. It's actually the same. Yeah, it is the same. It's thing. exactly right. the same thing. It's yeah. It's all right here. Of his bones, <laughs> of so, coral made. Those are pearls so yeah. that were his eyes. Um, yes. Nothing of him that doth. Yes. Yeah, but doth suffer a sea change into something rich and strange. <gasps> yes. So she really does love this yeah, idea. So there of it is. Things 
going on. And I was looking up that jellyfish, by the way. Fascinating. It literally has the ability to go back to like, what is it, the polyp stage or something. It just restarts. If it gets stressed, it just restarts the whole life cycle. So unless it gets eaten or something, it literally, it could live forever. It literally could live forever. Well, they're researching. (laughs) They said it's really... It's really important in research on aging and, and longevity and things mm. because it's literally able to go back into its infant wow. stage okay. and just perpetually just start again. And that can just go on and on and on unless it gets eaten or damaged and sad. Fascinating. Away. Mm. Okay. And Benjamin Button jellyfish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just, like rewind, start again. I could, I, I would love to do that. Same. Not full. But I don't know. One life seems exhausting enough. I don't know. Do I want to start it all over again? I don't know. I well, <laughs> would I would I retain my knowledge of what I've learned? That's yeah. what I need to know. Do I retain my knowledge and then I can do things better, or do I go back and make all the same mistakes? I don't know. Uh, okay. That's what I question. Need. Good question. Also, wait before we go. I love that. I love that. Um, Matthew's in this book. I yes, love we, that. we didn't mention Matthew. Yes. I, I love that he's, I like fic where, you know, it's in the future or whatever. And like, he's a part of it somehow. And he's yeah. not a jerk. Like he's not dad. a dick. Yeah. yeah. He's not a dick like Bill. Yeah. <laughs> and it says, um, doesn't it say as well, like, oh, he happened to be, a, he happened to have been around when the kid was born. And it made me think, cause I've just been listening to Parabiosis as well, Annie. You'll let oh, me recording, which again, just so useful it. to have everything in, well, in audio form. Ah, well, good. I, I'm enjoying it. But there's that scene, isn't it, where he's at Thanksgiving and obviously Matthew's yes. there. So to me, I'm like, oh, this like the penumbra through yes. line that it's it's like a universe, universe where yeah, yeah, the penumbra universe. I like it. I I didn't think about yeah. that connection. I yeah. love that. Now I need to go back and read all of penumbra. Yeah. Well, well, listen, because it's so useful to have it in audio form. Yay, yeah. audio fanfic podcast. Well, let's yeah, let's move on to DOS though, because Fiona has some insights into it and, yeah. and some parallels between that and Fathoms Five, and I really want to hear what she has to let's say. We need to hear. Okay, yeah, we need to get into this. So I'm dying once to know. again, we're doing DOSing. It's by Tape and Bone. Ten thousand five hundred thirteen words, rated mature. Casey recorded it for us, and I know that she has a deep understanding of this complicated fix. So I am going to ask her to give us. A quick synopsis of this one. So Dasting tells the story of Dana Scully as she searches the Norwegian Sea. It's basically centuries after working on the X-Files for the cure to her immortality. It's um it's MSR and it intercuts between like present day immortal Scully. I suppose it would be present day, and um Mulder and Scully in the past, and sort of highlighting mainly like the quiet moments of their love story. That's that was mm-hmm. what I would say Dasting is about. Beautifully Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how else I would have summarized it. Yeah. No, that was perfect. And so it seems like she has kind of, right. like she's on this expedition, right? And she has recruited uh, a male. Uh, how do we yeah, say it's a male? Guys, a male. Um, so she's uh, amassed all of this like technology that they have on this ship that I guess she's using for her various experiments, which that like really turned on the science nerd part of me because of all of these like types of 
different equipment that she has. I'm not sure what the liquid hydrogen was for. Maybe for I one of the that analyzers. She has two hadrion colliders. Yeah, I guess they found a way to make them smaller. Because yeah, aren't those things like really, really big? And so she's, I guess, just trying to perform different experiments and try different methods to, I don't know, solve her. Yeah. And so she's sort of like, she's going about it scientifically now. Okay. So let's touch on the fact that I know Teeth and Bone, the author has had mentioned, and I think it was on Tumblr that it's sort of an unofficial sequel to Fathoms 5, right? So she, that was sort of her intent when she wrote it. And I think she hits the nail on the head a lot. The only thing that she never mentions or brings up in Dusting that is obviously a huge part of Fathoms 5 is William. He's never, he's, he's never even mentioned. He, yes. wasn't a, he was like just a non-entity when it comes to dusting. And I will say um, that's the one thing that really bugs me. Well, I mean, she is did, it supposed to I, be a sequel though, or is it not, just though, inspired it's sort of, by? I think inspired by, and it's sort of like in her head, sort of a sequel, but not, and not official. We should, right. We should ask her. Um, but and yeah, so, so you can't, don't take it as being like, okay, well I have, I'm going to read Fathoms first and then dusting mm-hmm. and then wait a second. Where's William? Like you, you kind of have to take it as its own thick, which it is. It's 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 its own thing, and it's brilliant. Yeah, wonderful. Yes, yeah. And so uh, it seems like at this point in her life, understandably, Scully, like there's not much to her life. Her her entire mission, like the reason she gets up every day, is just to figure out how to die or to move on. And it seems like you know, I guess when she's falling asleep or I'm not sure if any of them are daydreams, but when she has the memories or the flashbacks, like that's coinciding with when we read the flashbacks, you know, it bounces back and forth between modern day and the past. And it's like when she, when she sleeps or yeah, I, I don't remember if it's her dreams or um, just visions that she's having these flashbacks of her past. With oh, Mulder. well, that's a very, very central question. I think <laughs> to the whole thing is like, well, are these dreams, are these visions? Yeah which we probably will get into much more deeply. But yeah, I like that aspect of it, that it's it's a future fic, but looking back, obviously. What do we think? Do we think these are visions? Do we think that she has, or not, I'm sorry, not visions, but dreams, like an actual dream? Is it a glimpse into another universe? What do we make of it? I saw them as being dreams. Like she's, she's in life now, right? Like she has no reason to be around. Everything she cared about or loved is gone. So she just periodically has these flashes of the past. It was interesting to me Um, because when I read it the first time and that's, that's the way that I, when I read it out loud, uh, I noticed very interestingly that at the beginning of each section, there's not, a comma. It doesn't yeah. say, I read it that way. I read it as in this dream, time is, you know, infinitely layered. Whereas mm-hmm. in the text, it's just in this dream, time is infinitely layered, which I, I don't know if she meant to do it that way. I just kind of naturally She's missing put, what, the Oxford comma or something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of cool because it could be like in this dream time. Yeah. Oh, matter, people. But you know what I mean? Uh, so it you, really there's sense. It doesn't, it doesn't it doesn't it says here, so if, yeah. in this dream time, it doesn't Right. So it doesn't it does yeah, sound like reading, dream time. Right. If you keep reading, it doesn't make sense. And you have to sort of put the, the natural in comment this dream. in yourself. 
Right. I did it like in this dream time. So, but then when Casey read it in this dream comma time, I was like, oh, well this, now I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah, like, I'm not sure what I believe in. It doesn't make sense if it's dream time, but it looks like that on the page because there is no comma. It does. But then, but it's interesting because yeah. so the first, every section starts with in this dream time, something, something. Yes. But yes. Sometimes I think, mm-hmm. oh yes, mm-hmm. that is a dream. So for example, the very first one is in this, what's the first one? In this dream, oh, I'm going back, right. In this dream, time is inflationary, composed of worlds that expand and collapse and form new worlds, new universes. Then she's, it goes straight into her having a conversation with Mulder about mm-hmm. Ritter. So this is obviously when she's just become immortal after Tithonus, Tithonus. And she's talking to him. And then it's only right at the end of it where he says, oh, I need you to meet me at Dulles. And then it says, oh, it was years ago now. And she can't remember. Um, she can't remember she for sure, him. but she, she suspects she probably humoured him. So that's, that's when you realise, oh, that, that was not what's happening now. Okay, so maybe that was an actual dream. But then the next one in this dream, time floats on the surface. Now we're in the, now we're in the altair, but that doesn't read like a dream to me. That reads like, oh, this is what is happening now. Mm-hmm. Right. So and then for, other to times me, you it, get very yeah, specific yes. dreams. It always seemed the, it always seemed like flashbacks to me, although it is interesting that some of them are from Mulder's point of view and not Scully's. Yes. I noticed that. So, so it, I mean, it really could be multiverses. It could be, I mean, a a lot of this is, it's framed with quantum physics and string theory. I mean, just a lot of just the, the titles of each individual chapter. I'm, some of them are, you know, and, and, and they reference string theory. I'm like the whole, like Scully's nickname from Emil is M theory, which is completely has to do with string theory. So Sorry, can we just take a moment? Could you please educate me <laughs> on string theory? Okay, so how is anyone familiar with string theory at all? So, uh, okay, so well, a you little. would be, and you're probably no more than I do. But I have, this is this is I just have looked it up for this. I'm not going. <laughs> so, sort of string theory for dummies is essentially that string theory is. It's a theory that like all objects in our universe are composed of like vibrating filaments or strings, right? And membranes, brains, B-R-A-N-E, the title of chapter two of energy, right? Mm -hmm. And so it attempts to reconcile general relativity, which is gravity, with quantum physics. So that's what string theories, you know, that's what it's trying to do. So... Ah, yes, quantum physics, yes. Right. So... (laughs) So in order to do it, so there's several extra dimensions to the universe must exist for this to be the case, for string theory to be a, you know, a scientifically proven thing that works. And so more than four dimensions in our observer, observable universe. So we're, in a, we're living in a universe that has four observable dimensions, right? That X, Y, Z planes, what we can see, it's 3D, three dimensions, right? And then the fourth is time, which we can't see or touch, but we can measure, right? So we know it's observable. It exists in our, in our universe. So string theory says that there have to be more dimensions that we can't observe 
in order for the physics as we know it and all this math to work, right? So back in the early 90s, there were like five different versions of string theory. And, you know, and they all, none of them worked perfectly. So none of them really melded together, but they're, they're like these, these five. So in 1995, Edward Witten, who is a, a physicist at, at a conference at USC, um, proposed what's M theory, what, which is, you know, what Emil calls Scully. And he calls it a great joke. I still don't think I get the joke, but he calls her M theory <laughs> and he thinks it's... And so what Witten says is that an M, by the way, stands for a membrane, which has been shortened to brain. These days, now they just talk about brains. So M theory is basically saying that of the four dimensions that are observed in our universe can be explained by thinking of the universe as having 10 dimensions rather than nine, which is what old string theory that in the 90s thought. And then compacting six of those dimensions into a sub-microscopic scale that is never observed. So we can still, we are in a universe that will only ever see four. We just have to assume those other six like exist. And that is M theory. In order to make, it's basically, so it's adding a 10th dimension on top of the nine dimensions of string theory itself um, so that the relationship between the theories can be worked out mathematically. It's just not Does that parallel make sense? universes. It's dimensions that we can't see. Yes. So like Correct. time, but we can't see them or measure them, but they're there. Right. Exactly. That's okay. But of so, the same. Yeah, universe. I mean, but we're all existing. Kind of, we're all going, well, no, I, that don't ask me. It's not traveling, me. but being able to see various points through time, not traveling. Yeah. But. Well, time is, uh, is one of the dimensions that we experience. Right. So, if you're, you know, talking about it like that, there are, there should be ways of, you know, we can manipulate the other three dimensions. Why couldn't we manipulate that fourth? But that's for people way smarter than me that get paid to talk about this okay. stuff. Okay. But then, but she is saying like, oh, but that was years ago now. So it, it doesn't feel like she's, it, that moment is happening at the time. It, doesn't but it because are we saying like all these things are happening at the same time the old things and the new and the things centuries in the future is that kind of right but then you know yeah but then she'll start like okay so chapter six is quantum right and it Mm -hmm. says in this time yeah in this dream time branches every diversion in events creates a fork from which spawns one of many worlds and so i think you could think about it where each of these things that is happening or at least the, you know, the Mulder Scully parts are happening in another world, right? A simultaneous, one that is in working simultaneously with ours, or does this make sense? And is that part of how string theory is supposed to work? Uh, great question. <laughs> yes. Let's I mean, I'm, I'm not a physicist. Okay. I am, I am liked science terrible at math so when it gets to the minutia of string theory i can really only tell you what i know of it and it is not and the math part I, the okay. different worlds i would say that spawn from this one if they're forking off that right. makes sense because they are talking about the, it's written about i don't know if i want to say scully is observing or reliving or remembering i don't know the proper thing to say but there are things referenced that we don't know about, like when the two Eves are killed in the third chapter, right? Yes. In the holographic. That's never happened, at least not in an X-Files. It's not canon. 
Right. It's not canon. Right. It's not in an X-Files timeline that we know. So is it post-canon? Like post our knowledge of canon? Is it a different world? Is it... It could be else? any of those things. I, yeah. you know, I think it's, it's up to the reader to decide. And I think that's yeah. sort of... The, if you don't even have <clears throat> to think about it in terms of what's... Like you don't have to break it down in order to really enjoy this fic, which is like what I really love mm. about it. Um, but you can try, which is, yeah. can be fun too. So I tort, I tend to think of it as like one of those, like a case file, like a fanfic case file. It's just a mini one inside of its own <laughs> fic that just tells a story that, you know, continues to tell a story that the show never covered, but that we could. Mm-hmm. I, I assumed that that part was post-canon. Like I assumed that it really happened in the universe that we know and that it was just okay. a part that we didn't see because it happened later or something yeah, like that. That, that was be, just I mean, the way that I read totally it. canon compliant, right? But yeah, yeah. we just, you they don't really know. They went back to so many other things, didn't they? Teams and faster, mm-hmm. like why could they, could they could have easily gone back to that story. That would yeah. be really interesting to see. I totally could have seen this happen. I would have liked that, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I do like that it's intentionally vague and that it's up to the author to read it without understanding or try to make sense of it. I don't know how everybody else felt about that. It does seem to make sense. Like it does make sense in the sense in there is a timeline that yes, we jump back and forth, but it seems like the present is on the altar. The present is Scully and Emile years in the future. And then she's thinking back. So we're going back to it was years ago now. And she can't remember if she, um, you know, humored him and things. Um, and later on, you do get specific things like saying it's a memory. So in the memory, he hands her a leaf. In the memory, this happens. Yeah. So it's being very clear, like, no, this is not a dream. This is her thinking about it. So, but even though we go backwards and forwards, I think there is an, a timeline that you could establish. And it, it doesn't feel like, oh, this happens in one universe. This happens in another universe or something. It does feel like, oh, they were that's what I read yeah, that's yeah. I read obviously it. it doesn't happen a b c d in the story it's all mixed up tempest fuck it but it's it it's you know what you, you can make sense of it how it must have all happened but I do have a possible theory though because I did get completely thrown by the fact that as Casey pointed out we are sometimes in Mulder's point of view so I thought well how now is this happening he's dead um, so this, that is the weird thing, isn't it? That we do end up in Mulder's point of view a couple of times. Um, the first time being when he's, he's giving the account of the Eve thing, cause he's, um, it's all from his point of view, isn't it? Looking at the bodies in the water, uh, back at his apartment, that's all Mulder's POV. But then right after that, immediately after that, we come so into chapter four, simulated and Emile and Scully are mid-conversation and Emile says, wait a minute, it was the same dream or you were both dreaming different dreams and they just happened to be the same. And the first time I heard that, I thought, oh, okay, like she's telling him the story of field trip. But now I'm wondering, Mm. is this thick? Are they still co-dreaming even though Malta is dead? Are they able, are they still psychically connected so much so? that even though he's died, that when she dreams, they are together and he's, he's still continuing on in his dream and they, they're going back into memories in their dreams. Mm. 
I was just going to say, I always, I loved that, but I, I love Fiona's theory. I think that's cool. I'm just, I love it. Because why mention that specifically? And he is, is specifically saying, oh, but you were dreaming the same dream or it was different dreams. And we've just come out of a dream from dead Mulder's yeah. point of view. I could see that with this theory in mind. Right. And I mean, it very well could, because it's in this dream, how every chapter oh, starts. Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. She does say she's being haunted, too, right? Yeah. Well, she always hears, like, what, Mulder's specious whisper in her ear. Yeah, um, and I always kind of assumed maybe the, the dreams were part of that haunting as well. Right? Like, but that's, yeah, that, that's yeah, what, yeah. That's what yes. I took as I was reading it. I'm like, Cause you know, when you hear a haunting, you're thinking of like, you know, things falling or whatever, that kind of stuff, or things moving while you're looking. And, but it, I took it as her dreams are haunting her because. So, of this, yeah. yeah I was just, can I, I want to, I want to, can I pull a quote? Do you mind if I pull a quote? Yeah, go go for it. For it. So it's from the first chapter. So, so, you know, it's Scully, um, you know, Amil is looking at her and she's thinking like, so this is far into the future, right? Like at some point that she mentions that maple trees have been extinct for a century. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's you know, pulling fake syrup out. But yeah. so Amil has like tech in his eye, which he just briefly yes. touches on. She doesn't explain it, which I love. It's just, mm-hmm. you just have to assume that, okay, we're absolutely in the future. So and she's like, but is it turned off? I don't know. And so she says, a paranoia compounded by years of travel, of sleeplessness, of feeling adrift between two worlds, an unease born of the inescapable feeling that she is haunting any house she lives in. And on top of that, that she is being haunted, which she has to admit would totally be totally Mulder, hovering around in her periphery for all of eternity, like a theory waiting to be disproven. Yeah. Mm. Like, I love that quote. And it's yeah. the, the thought that like Mulder is, still haunting her works because she, yeah. he, you know, she mentions like, yes, like Mulder just, she can hear him talking to her. Yeah. She can hear the quips. She can hear those things in, you know, centuries into the future, which I, I really love. I, yeah. had that, I had that uh, highlighted as well. Yeah. And, and I love that notion. Yeah, just field trip theory aside, it, he is clearly haunting her. Like, when, you know, he haunts her in the sense that we are all haunted by our, our past and she can't move on from it. Like she's reading herself to sleep with the files every night, like yeah. a soldier who keeps returning to the battlefield where he lost an arm or whatever. You know, that's literally it. She's going back to this in these files. This is when I was made immortal. But that time with Mulder, um, yeah, it's it's the strongest and she has lived centuries, but that's where she is stuck. That's where she goes back to. So even if he really is dead, even if, uh, he's not dreaming, co-dreaming with her when she goes to sleep. Um, you know, she is being haunted metaphorically, isn't she? By Mulder, as you would hope. <laughs> well, and after all these years too, it's like, you know, what else is there to do? She, the, mm. she realizes she doesn't, if she doesn't eat, she won't die. You know, like she doesn't need nutrition. Yeah. In sense. And that's, um, you see him like saying, eat a, eat a vegetable or eat, you know, something or whatever. Right. Like, um, <laughs> yes. but like it's kind of what we were touching upon with Fathoms Five is like eventually you are just a shell existing. Yeah. Right. And it comes down to like there is no basic necessity you need to survive. Like our basic necessity yeah. is 
eating and drinking, you know, water and right. whatever. Whereas for yeah. her. And I thought that was fascinating. I actually have another quote. Like this is from part six where it says, in this improbable reality, all bodily sensation is a faded memory, except yeah. for that split second when she wakes from sleep. It's the same pain every time. She jolts yeah. awake and feels the stab of it in her forebrain and her stomach and the back of her throat as if her body, long promised rest, is fighting consciousness with every tired cell. She can't breathe. She can't see. She is flayed, pinned to the bunk by a white-handled athene. Like, it's so cool to think, like, that you just, you know, she's she doesn't even feel anything anymore. Mm. No. And that ties, but that's interesting. You've got the similar idea in Fathoms 5, haven't you, when it's saying, oh, she's ceased to seriously sunburn. Mm-hmm. And, um, right. Yeah. It's like kind of the beginning of it, and this is just, kind of, this is kind of the yeah. end. Yeah. Going towards the end of it. Yeah. And that hope almost of like, if I open my eyes, will today be different? Will today be, you know, can you imagine year after year, day after day, minute after, like just, hey, will this be a new yeah. day? Will this be, you know, it's like Groundhog's Day, but even worse. <laughs> yeah. And like at the end of that little section <laughs> yeah. where she, she just says like the pain is starting to ebb now, replaced by the usual nothingness. Yeah. Is it dusting where it says it was fast and then slow? Like a like a finger caught in the door or something. Yeah, the pain is almost, almost transcendental, fast and then slow, like a finger smashed in a door. Yeah. What? And that's such an effective um, simile, isn't it? Because I thought, oh, I know exactly that exact feeling of the sharp pain and then like the slow. Yeah, we have certainly yeah, all yeah. been there. <laughs> I just thought that's brilliant. That's good writing. So is it, is the pain because she's, Every morning she wakes up and realizes that, oh shit, it's this again. It's, so it's more of a psychological pain or is there, it's, it could be, I, is that I what it is? Or is it like something physical? Is, there is a physical, like the only time she feels anything is when she wakes up mm. from sleep every morning. And why is that? It's, I think I love, I, I love about that. Uh, it's like her body long promise rest is, you know, it's just her body remembering that it's fucking old. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Hold on. Well, okay, old, I get it. I get it. Right, but but it's you know not. At the beginning of this, at the beginning, the very f- there's like the, an opening quote, isn't there? Uh, no, it's the summary, and the summary is grassy barrow. Just trying to go back, isn't it? It's like it's grassy barrow. Some grassy and barrows, the golden fields. Some big gold fields, and that's how so it ends. The grassy barrows. Grassy, well, Grassy Barrows is a direct Tithonus poem reference. Um, you know, Tennyson, the poem, because right at the end it says, da, 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 let's say, when the steam floats up from those dim fields about the homes of happy men that have the power to die and Grassy Barrows of the happier dead. Because Barrows is, that's what they used to, it's like a Neolithic burial site, isn't it? Like a long hill. We just went to visit the Long Barrow at uh, Avebury a couple of weeks ago, which is really close to where I now live. Um, but yeah, so that's a Tithonus quote. But the gold, golden fields, I couldn't find, I don't, is that in there? Well, I don't think that's in the fields. So is it in yeah. the poem or is it just from the thick? I think it's from that. I think, I, I think that's the thick part of it that kind of ties the two together because yeah. that's at the end, right? She yeah. says, you know, Scully looks out the, her, so the last paragraph, does anyone care if I read it or do we want to get to that later? I would love you to read it. So Scully looks out at the spinning water and in that moment, she can see the two of them together, standing in one of many fields of einkorn or tobacco or soy. Mulder stoops and snaps a bent stalk and stands again, twirling them between two fingers. He passes it to her. She reaches out and takes his hand in hers, 
maybe in this world or maybe in the next. The field of wheat is vast and rippling before them. She feels his fingers flex in hers. She feels the earth turn. She says his last name. And that's the end of it. Uh, that's the it. Yeah. And that field, that comes back there several times. I think that's like the third time that it comes back, isn't it? Because the first memory yes. is him. He's thinking about them in the field. Mm-hmm. He's got her out there with his Sheherazade tails uh, when she's got cancer. Yeah. And then I think right. we flash back to it another time. I can't remember, but certainly at least twice. Is it in this world or the next? Let me look. Is that what she says? Maybe in this world or... Maybe in this world or maybe in the next. Oh, because on the recording, I thought you said maybe in his world, maybe in the next. And I oh, kept this. needing and to go maybe, back and check it. Well, because Maybe I, thought, I fucked it up. <laughs> I might have fucked it up. <laughs> Let's listen. Because but then I was thinking, oh my God. So it's is his what like his world. So like what's yeah, that and I was thinking, oh, is that like is that the parallel universe thing? Like he's still existing in some world. So yeah, I think it's this, this world because that, from there she's 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 they're on the ship. She and Mill are staring at the yes. you know Yeah. Yes. So she's wondering how she crossed over into the ethereal plane. <laughs> So, and I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't know okay. if she's wondering it or it's just her crossing. That's her, that's it. Like she's standing yeah. on it. She's walking that's into the, the spinning water and then she's, yeah, suddenly she's with Mulder. So, yeah, that could either be Scully's thought or that could be the narrative. Like, well, maybe in this world, maybe the next. I'm not going right. to tell you. So interesting. You had your hand up, Annie. Were you going to say something? I did. Before? I don't know. I'm, I'm moving around. No, You're no. Like, just... You're right. I oh, really? Hand up. Yeah, oh, teacher, teacher, um, next, next. I don't know. No, I'm listening intently. No, I'm, I'm learning. I'm listening. I'm uh, trying to figure out what this story means. And yeah. Oh, well, and then is that like spiral, like the water spiral? That's, that's what I was talking about. That when we were talking about the spiral mean. Hmm. It's yeah. the, spir- hmm. the, the golden spiral mean, and then the whirlpool. The whirlpool and that is. is the whirlpool is what takes Scully. We assume, like that's what takes mm-hmm. her immortality. That's where she moves from living to mm-hmm. being with Mulder again. Which I, was, I thought that was so. When I was reading, maybe William's like, idea finally worked. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Is the whirlpool killing her though, or is the whirlpool taking her to? Is it like a wormhole? You know, where she's going. That's up to you. Traveling in time. Or I think that's for the reader like, to decide. Is, no, I honestly do. Well, I need to decide. Know. What do you want to decide, Lynn? It could be whatever. I don't want to decide. Lynn, what would what you want the... it to be? Actually, that's a good question. Uh, what would everyone want it to be? Would would you want her going into this whirlpool as her salvation and finally dying? And whether it's meeting Mulder in heaven or being reincarnated or whatever you believe in, or is it her going to another dimension in a sense or whatever and, and them living together again and yeah, I have no idea what. I hope she dies. I assume that she drowned in it, so I assume that it killed I her. Think, but but I that think doesn't die. Drowning? No, she <laughs> couldn't no. drown. She wouldn't drown. But I do think it does kill her. Yeah, and I think she moves from one dimension to the next. Honestly, because yeah. that's, well, that's but what dimension would she go into? Does it matter? The one oh, where do you mean is, dimension you know? or do you mean universe? Do you mean dimension or do you mean universe? Couldn't they both be the same? We don't know anything <laughs> about those other six universes. 
Yeah. Or those other six dimensions, rather. We only know our four. Well, and it was like you were saying with the whole Fathoms 5 thing of, you know, the body going to the bottom and being used for other things and just kind of being, re- you know, you kind of are Ooh. recreated in a sense. Oh, I like that. Other way, right. So technically it could be that as well. I personally would like her to die in the sense of, or if she went to another dimension, like uh, alive, not be immortal. Cause that would suck right. if you ended up somewhere else yeah. in the same fucking boat, not literally the same boat, but the same life <laughs> boat. Your, your situation is still being immortal and having to do this all over again, you know, especially after all the well, progress that according, you've made. Yeah. According to Clyde Brackman, though, she doesn't die. You see? So in the, in the canon of the X-Files, she mm. couldn't die. But I think for me, for it to be a satisfying ending, I think she, she must die it, because William was trying, so as a, as a Fathom's Five follow-up, William was trying to solve the problem of the immortality with the Golden Mean Spiral, which uh, was the portal, portal is a word he uses specifically, between the ethereal and material worlds. And I guess, so Scully was stuck in the ethereal one, she needs to cross to the material worlds so she can eventually die. So this spiral image coming back, even if it is in the form of a whirlpool, that feels like a natural conclusion. Like, oh yes, this was the way to do it, but mm-hmm. she just had to find this particular spot. Also because it does say maybe in this world or maybe in the next. So to me, the next world is must be of heaven. Mm-hmm. And the resolution, you know, where she's this whole time, so centuries later, she's still stuck on Mulder. She's reading a file. She's thinking about him. Like you say, she has a voice in his head. Like he's, she's dreaming of him. Possibly they're co-dreaming together mm-hmm. in, with such strength that Mulder even has memories inside the dreams. Um, he's not just doing things. It's not her watching him. He's thinking, he's thinking backwards in time. So that he, you know, she has been longing for him. And this is where she finally gets to join him in the land of the dead, mm-hmm. whether that is just not existing at all or whether that is in some sort of heaven or whether that's field trip dreaming together forever. I don't know <laughs> if Mulder's still doing it beyond death. But so when somehow I was, they are back together, right? So when yeah, I was doing my research for this, I, I found like a line that I consider to be like the theme of Dosting. And the line is, somewhere the two of them are spending one of a thousand lifetimes together. It will never be enough. Mm. Yes, that is a bit of a spanner in the works. That, that, and that somewhere comes up a lot of time, doesn't it? Like it says, like somewhere a famous physicist, what is it, cycles and figures of eight. Is that Einstein? With white hair, is that Einstein? That's supposed oh, to be Einstein, yeah. famous yeah. physicist I know. Yeah. <laughs> is this a famous experiment he did? Maybe just thinking. Did well, you do a thinking. famous figure of eight bicycle experiment? <laughs> oh, I well, now I'm going to Google it. I didn't even think to Google. And he's on it. Yeah, so then you do get that sense, actually, don't you, that these that all these times are happening at once. So I guess that brings us back to string theory. But in this world where things are happening all at once, people still get to die. So yes. Except it, her. It's, it's like it, it did happen. It did happen, and I guess in some sense it's still happening and it's happening everywhere all at once. Everything is happening at the same time. But in our sense of our experience of life, that you you die. So 
Scully hasn't got, she's still missing out on that, even if all these things are all happening at the same time. So I do, I do think at the end she has surely, poor woman, she has to be dying here at the end. And, but I don't think it would be drowning. I don't think it would be a physical thing. I think it's like this metaphysical mm-hmm. somehow physics. She physics her way into somehow dying. So is mm-hmm. the spiral itself, did they just find the perfect spiral that mimics or is exactly like the golden mean spiral? Is it the location of it? Or she just has never come across. They've just been searching for it, right? They've been searching for it. And I don't know if they knew what they were searching for because because it's like they're being they're being pulled towards it though, right? Because at some point Emil says, I'm having a hard time navigating. Yeah. And and then he realizes they're miles off course. And then at the end of one of the chapters, he's he whispers. It's as if we are being pulled. Yeah. Yes. By Mulder. Yeah. So it's, you get this feeling that it's like, like faint. That. You get, oh, maybe Mulder. Yeah. Cause you I do like get that. this feeling like, yeah, they, they didn't know what they were looking for. No. They, and they didn't find it. It found them. So yes. there is this sense like this was, this was right. maybe meant to happen. And so, um, and cause Amil doesn't know. I mean, he, there's a lot he doesn't know. Right. No. I mean, and he, really charming mm. things where he's like, what's a nickel or yeah. what's third base? Like they're really charming. Left field. Right. Left field. That's right. It's left field. Yeah, right. it's yeah, yeah. left field. You're thinking third of another base thing, would Casey. Be a very different pick. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> is there a right field? <laughs> exactly. I know. I love that. But he, oh God, where was I going? But he, because at one point he says to her, like, why is the thing in the lockbox not the solution? And then she mentions myelin, and that's a whole that we're getting into biology rather than physics. But but do there, we but, agree? Do we agree that the thing in the lockbox is a gun? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I, I never know. even thought about that. That's exactly uh, what I thought. He says, What can you explain to me again why the thing in the lockbox is not an option? And she says, and she- myelin. The problem is always myelin. So to me, I, I thought, well, what do you keep in a lockbox? What do Americans keep mm. in lockboxes? A direct callback to Fathoms. To Fathoms. Right. And it's yes. not the solution because she tried that already. Right. Centuries now, ago. Let me bring up, because this is other research I did, the title, Das Ding, which is... <gasps> yes. Right? So okay, oh, just before we do that, let me... I didn't find anything on the Einstein bicycle figure eight okay. experiment. All I found was a quote uh, by Albert Einstein uh, saying, "Life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep you must keep moving." Mm. So I, I mean, this was like a quick preliminary search. But if he's riding it in a figure eight, which is a lot like the infinity symbol, I don't, I don't know. Mm. Um, it's with a knowing smile, doesn't it? Oh yes, in a figure eight, it is infinity symbol, and it says so, he's riding it. Yeah. That's all I was able to find. I can do some more research later, but I also want to be involved in this conversation. So thank you for looking that up. Sorry, dusting. Okay. Dusting, yes. Right. So dusting is German for the thing, right? But I was doing a little bit more research into that. And so metapsychological in metapsychological writings, which is basically metapsychology is like the study of it's speculation concerning like mental processes, like the way the mind and body like beyond what can be studied experimentally, right? So it's like what Freud did. That's like, that's meta psychological, right? So, so there's a, a famous psychologist called, I, th- I think it's pronounced Lakin, Lakin. 
um, who observed that there are two words in German oh, for Lacan, I think. Lacan. I want to say Lacan. Right. This is one of those things where don't make fun of a person for their pronunciation because it means they learned it by reading. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I think it's Lacan that that rings a bell from university. Yes, I could be also wrong. I could have read that myself. And, yes, Annie, edit that so it makes me sound smart. Yes, I am. So, um, <laughs> just Google it first. Right. You so, look, always I mean, sound smart. smart. Okay, so well, let's go back to dusting. So there's two ways of saying the thing in German. And Lacan observes, hold on one second, time out. I hear my kid and he's going to show up on the, I got to close my door again. I had a cat issue. Time out, brief time out. (laughs) Oh, we can't hear you. Just what we need is like Curious George in the background. (laughs) By the way, the good news is, the good news is Sam is still in Reading, so she's like at least half an hour away. So okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let me start this off again. So dusting, dusting, two different ways of saying the thing in German. And so Lacan observed that there are two words for the thing in which "dissach." I'm gonna absolutely murder the German, so please don't judge me. Like "dissach" is also means the thing. And that's the representation of a thing in the symbolic order, as opposed to das Ding. Oh, it's Zaka. Thank you. Lynn's jumping in there with the actual German. (laughs) Um, It doesn't really matter, but, you know, (laughs) just FYI. D, is it going to be D as well? It's like D-I-E, as in like, that one, like the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, Ah, so that's, right. So that's that's a representation of a thing in the symbolic order as opposed to das Ding, which is entirely outside language and outside the unconscious. So Lacan wrote, and this is a quote about das Ding, the thing is characterized by the fact that it is impossible for us to imagine it, end quote. Which I think is really cool, like, like naming something that when it's, when sort of that's the idea behind it is kind of cool. And I think it goes to the fact that we don't know what happened. We don't know exactly how this works. Mm-hmm. We don't know what happened with Scully. We don't know how she dies, if she dies. Like, we don't know a lot of it. We're just living in these little moments with mm-hmm. her. And it's, you know, it's impossible for us to imagine it. It's, and that's the thing, which, and I loved because Fiona at one point mentioned to me, like, dusting the thing in the lockbox. Mm-hmm. Is that the thing in the lockbox? Is yeah. it dusting? Who knows? The, so, so sorry, the internet just like cut out. It was a thing. Reason. And then I tried switching to my, it was Mulder. <laughs> I, I tried switching to my phone and now, now it's back. That seems fine. I'm so sorry. So I got the symbolic thing and then the dusting. I can just come back and listen to the episode. But, but no, well, I'll just say it again. So Lacan's quote about dusting is the thing is characterized by the fact that it is impossible for us to imagine it. Mm -hmm. End quote. It is impossible for us to imagine. Am I still coming out weirdly? I'm just contemplative if I'm not saying anything. I'm trying to go through the text and trying to make light of everything that you're saying and then connect it to the text. Yeah. So does, okay. Yeah, so, so like this, this is the thing that we can't, Imagine. We just can't quite wrap our head around. The thing that we can't imagine is in the lockbox or what they're doing is the thing that we can't imagine or both. I think the whole thick is something that we can't imagine. We're never going to get an answer. Yeah. Yeah. Because das Ding is the thing. 
Right. And the thing is yeah. um, described as impossible the, the thing that to is yeah. impossible to imagine. Boom. Yeah. Yes. I like it. That's. Yes. So, yeah, because obviously I was making a joke earlier on Twitter about dusting in the lockbox. What did you say, Lynn? Oh. Yeah, because that reminds me of Pulp Fiction, mm. where it's like, what's in the briefcase? Oh. Like, it's obviously something yes. of vital importance. And like, what is it? We never find out. Yeah. So like, like you know, it could be that too, where it's yeah. this, uh, this mystical. Like a mystery. I don't know. I don't know where to take yeah. it from there. Like, I can't imagine what it could be. Well, just like, because we but, never come back to it. No, she we? never mentions That's it a, again. It's never, yeah, the lockbox is never bought. Oh. Yeah, originally, I think I thought of it more as like this big mystery. But now, uh, I think it's just a throwaway because Emil is kind of saying like, I'm sorry, why am yeah. I here again? Why have I thrown away my whole life? Why are we on the ocean? Why can't you just like <laughs> shoot yourself in the head? Sorry, can you just remind me again? And she's like, no, it's my lips. So yeah. I think it was then maybe like explaining. And that could be. Uh, yeah, again, and 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 it works functions for me perfectly as a Fathom's Five flashback because she's like, no, been there, done that, did well. Work. And imagine, because um, uh, we were, imagine how many meals she's gone through, right? Oh, mm-hmm. imagine how many, how many suicide attempts yeah, she must like, have gone through to now be on this maybe boat. the gun didn't oh, work. Man. Maybe something else will, or you know, or who well, knows if like spelling yeah, tried, tried everything, right? Yeah, like did try everything. But who knows if like any of her assistants or researchers or whatever or other meals in a sense tried it on her without, you know, maybe it was never in a lockbox before yeah. and now it is, right? Because why would you have a gun in a lockbox if you if you're not if you're not scared of being murdered or not scared, but if if Well, maybe for a meal's protection thing. From her? maybe they have it. Oh. No, no, no. I think for our meals, you know, just like how Americans randomly mm-hmm. have guns in their house, um, some of them. So I think oh maybe it's just that. It's like, oh, we have a gun for protection, mm. but we keep it in a safe, obviously. So if somebody, you know, there's just the two of them on the ocean. They but could see, be I took it, I took so it as it, him not knowing yeah. what was in it. I think he must know what's in it because he said, explain to me why that's not mm. an option. Okay, true, true, true. So now, you know, true. he says, explain yeah. to me again why the thing in the lockbox yeah. isn't an option. And she says, myelin, the problem is always myelin. Which, yeah, to me, that's that's we said that's to do with that's the coating mm-hmm. of the nerve cells, isn't it? So, to me, that's the biology that she's saying, like, no, I just can't mm-hmm. die, like, I can't biologically yeah. die. I've, I've tried it, so we have to do this weird physics experiment that we don't even know mm-hmm. what we're doing. So, we've given up on chemistry for yeah. now, and I can only imagine, assuming this is following on from the Fathom's Five universe, or well, certainly if in my head now, okay, so William, they must have been doing other yeah. experiments, so. I don't think Scully's jumping off bridges. No. I don't think Scully's cutting her no. wrists. This is these are all the things Felix tries, isn't she? She's tried these random scientific experiments that a date appear to be mm-hmm. working. Right. She took, yeah. she's, she's coming at it from a science way out of it. point of view mm-hmm. or approach. Approach, not point mm-hmm. of view. And mm-hmm. try to is it yeah, I guess it is scientific. Some of it when they talk about like red string theory feels a little bit more like pseudoscience and um but that was still sweet mm-hmm. so the idea that everyone yeah. is connected through or not everyone but soulmates are connected through um 
these red strings, these invisible red strings that we can't see. And that's how you find your soulmate. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Do, do you know, there was this, um, this coming slightly out of left field, but speaking of soulmates and people who are connected, you know, the Eve mm-hmm. thing with the, tr- mm-hmm. with the twins. Um, and this is time is a reflection. Right. Yes. So, because I kept thinking, well, why, why do we have this Eve story? It's like, it is like a bit of a random yeah. case in the middle of it. But, it, but Mulder's really thinking about the two of them, isn't he? And they're, they're psychically connected and they're holding hands under the water as they die together. And he's thinking about this. And then I thought, well, is that reflected at the end? where Mulder and Scully are holding hands, drowning mm-hmm. together with a psychic connection in the water. So I have, so I was reading through it. I, I've obviously read it a, a, a million times. Um, and one thing that popped out to me most recently was that, that Scully brings up Latin phrases mm-hmm. four different times mm-hmm. in an interesting way. And I, so I just pulled those, those four phrases and these are in order. Novus Munera, which is strange gifts. Indicum Aque, which is a trial by water. Then Novus Munera again, strange gifts. And then the last one is Mundus Novus, a new world. And I think it's really fascinating. It's the, it was the trial by water thing that really stuck out at me when we're reading about the Eves and like, you know, Eve 8 coming in and murdering her sisters or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I think it sort of kind of calls towards the end when they find this whirlpool that is the, the, you know, the answer, right? That's like, it's the trial by water of her immortality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm just reading way too much into this, but like those, those, it, it, it was curious to me. Cause like, you know, one or two mentions of a Latin phrase is just, you know, that's, it's a great way to tell a story. But like four separate times, I was like, wait a second. What are, what are, what are they here for exactly? Yeah. And we come back to that strange gifts idea as well, right. which I'm like, I don't understand what the meaning is, but it felt very comforting to, at the end of the fic, return to the same phrase that we had at the beginning. Yeah. Well, and that the, but that's not, that's not even the last one. The very last one that's ever mentioned is a new world, is the Mundus Novus. Yes. No. Yes. <gasps> Which is that where they're right. holding yeah. hands See? in this world or the next? Yeah. Does anybody know? We need, we need an interview with Chief and Bay. at the end, this, this will just be a question mark. <laughs> yeah. So if we haven't answered any know. of your questions, we definitely post more. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If you can't, yeah. If you came here looking for answers, yeah. for answers, we don't got them. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Well, Fathers Five didn't have them no. either. Um, it, it was like, well, how is, how is he going to do it? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And maybe he doesn't, but it, it was, yeah, it wasn't really mm-hmm. the point. Um, yeah. I, I loved in that, um, Eve. Okay. So when we go into the Eve chapter and we're in Mulder's point of view, where he invited Scully up to the apartment, cause I thought, oh, like this is, this is going to be like a first time thing. But actually, that it wasn't. I really liked 
that it was painting a picture of, oh, no, 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 they've been doing this for a long time, actually. And they're remembering, you know, it's still clandestine, but it was nice to to have them remembering just one time, Mm -hmm. not necessarily the first time. Oh, sorry, hold on. And I thought it was so clever with the um, with the X Files references, like when she, the way she says, "Oh, uh, be careful, we might be being bugged." That she says, "Oh, remember that time my pen ran out of ink," which was, of course, in the episode where she then gets handed mm-hmm. the pen in the car rental place and it's bugged. I forget, I can't even remember which episode that was, but um, it's where he says, "I think it's remotely plausible that someone might think you're hot." Right? That's that. That's that one. Oh my Is God, right? we're terrible, terrible, pen terrible fans that we cannot uh, think of. Why do I want to say that's EVE? Is it, yeah, is it EVE? And is that the same one? Where, because then they meet the lone gunman, is that the first one? And is that the same episode? Because isn't Mulder looking at something else and then he says, I think it's remotely plausible that someone might think you're hot and then she opens the pen. It will be forced to go back yeah, and rewatch. It, it is, because, yeah, because... But anyway, the point is, that's how she says we need to put the TV on and stuff because people might be listening to us having sex. Um, so, which actually they were because later on in the series, we we find out she has been under surveillance this whole time, right? But I just thought it was clever that that's how Teeth and Bone wrote Scully saying to Mulder, because she says, remember that time my pen ran out of ink and it's like, oh yes, we so might be doing So do you bugged. think that Teeth and Bone is then trying to kind of mimic the uh, Penumbra style? Because Penumbra has a way of doing that too. She won't outright say something. Because there are times when they will. They'll just like call back, like do a direct call back to the case. But uh, other times when it's a little more subtle yeah. and you're like, oh, they're talking about the thing. What, what, whatever episode. Hey, that's true. Well, I think it's just, it's, it's, it's good writing. Because it's a me, you're, you're saying something which has a specific meaning. But you're actually meaning something else. But you need to have context mm-hmm. to know what that means. Like, I knew what that meant because I've been watching X-Files for so many years that I'm like, oh, yeah, because she was bugged. If you didn't know the X-Files, that wouldn't mean right. anything to you, would it? Um, and it's nice that that's something in the X-Files fic because it's like, obviously, it would mean something for those people. Um, actually, um, in Quavelman's on the track, there's, a, there's actually a specific, there's a word for this. There's a phrase that, describes a kind of communication that requires cultural context um I forget what it is but it comes up in the conversation where Mulder is Scully where she like ambushes him in the motel room and um it's a specific it's a specific way of making meaning that relies on you both having cultural context so it might be like giving a thumbs up or something that in this particular culture you both know that thumbs up means a particular thing um but yeah, this is an instance of that. Because if somebody was from a foreign country where thumbs up didn't mean anything, then you just right. doing that. They wouldn't be able to understand your, the communication. And this is an exact example of that. But her saying, remember when my pen ran out of ink? Has a complete other meaning. Anyway, I just think that's really clever writing to be able to write one thing but mean another and have people know what you're... What it's you very mean. niche though. You're definitely writing to, I mean, not just... You're writing to the people who will really, really get it, not just your casual viewer who's going to say, oh, yeah, maybe I'll read some fic, but you really get it when you've been watching it so religiously. Yeah. 
And that is the pleasure of good fanfic because it is so nice. Like, yeah. But when you get it, you get it. Like that person is writing for somebody just like you. And yes. that's what makes it such a joy. And that's what I feel a lot. Now, I'm not saying I don't feel this with teeth and bone, but what I really get with Penumbra where I'm like, she is writing just for me. And I know that's not the case. She's writing for herself. She's writing for all the other fans, but I feel this deep connection to it. Yeah. All the time. But I think, I mean, I think this this comes up in, in, in all fanfic really, isn't it? That you're able to make these references that only have meaning for a very niche audience, a very niche, but self selecting audience, because who's going to be like, to read this X-Files fanfic about immortality and parallel universes or string theory. Like it's a self-selecting niche audience, but it's really connecting to that crowd. It is. In a small I mean, way. It's, very it's like smart. the all these fics that a lot of we've read in book club, I mean they would be amazing stories in their own right if you change the characters. They would be incredible stories, but the fact that there's all these links to something that's important to us makes it that much more powerful. Mm. That is so true. And I often wonder if any of the writers would try to kind of adapt their stories. And I know Syntax 6 has has successfully done it, but to try to adapt them, would it still have the same meaning for us? And I, I don't know. Well, I, I do wonder, it's interesting. So I, so uh, Fiona Penumbra well, and I had a kind of a conversation about um, how, why, why is, why does fix some come so easily to us? Like what, as writers and uh, you know, cause I, I was, um, we have our, we have our own little side conversation going on where I was, I was something for actual work that I'm writing. Um, and I was like, God, I just can't figure it out. You know, it's, it's, why is this so hard and fit comes so easy. And, and what Jess said was, she was like, well, just write it as Mulder and Scully and then change it after. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> I might have to really try that because those come, you know, I'd have to change a lot of character traits and everything like that. But it is, it is interesting it is interesting. It would be a very interesting writing exercise to do that yeah. purposefully. Yeah, it would give you a. It would give you a rubric, and then you just plug in. Literally, know, like find and replace. You plug yeah. in other traits and certain. Yeah, but I but I wonder. Yes, truly, that would be so interesting to see. I wonder if it still wouldn't. Not that I mean, if you're trying it, try it. Don't no, you know? But I wonder if it still wouldn't work. Because with Mulder and Scully, you already have all that history. You already have all this, everything that they've gone through, right? Um, it's true. And, so and that's you're gonna make, what, you're gonna make like right. a reference of, you know, or write a characteristic, or write um, a tick, or write a a line that might have been not a line, but you know, like a reference, kind of almost referencing something from the show in a sense, as a history of the characters, but then it won't work because you're like, oh, wait, I didn't write that history for these characters. True. I mean, you just have yes, to pay attention. Like, you just have, yeah. to, you have to pay attention yeah. while you're writing and just you make reference. sure you don't self-referential like, to, the, to the show. Yeah. But, you know, 
I mean, any piece of fiction, you're not starting from, you know, the dawn of time. You're dropping people into a moment where they're, you know, that's totally separate. And so you can have all those histories exist, but it will take more exposition in order to get them out. And yeah, because whereas that's why fanfic is so easy to write for me personally, because the world building is done. The character work is done. I'm just popping in to a different scenario. And I don't, you know, you don't have to do all that extra work. And you can vaguely say something and everyone's like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's episode, reader. this, whatever, minute, this, second, this. <laughs> I, as a reader, have that connection already. I'm already invested in these characters. You don't have mm. to make me love them. I'm here for the ride. And obviously there are different layers of thick. You know, you have like your basic smut, PWP, um, and you have these really layered ones where you're like, what does this mean? And I don't know if I understand it, but I still really like dusting. I think it's a fun ride. I, yeah. But also it makes these references. It makes me think. And I do enjoy fic that makes me think, even if I'm not 100% sure where I land on what it means. But it is hard when you like, well, now I have to get the people invested into these characters and I have to make the world interesting and what is the tension. So yeah. I can see how that is, how, how it's much easier to write fanfic. Mm-hmm. And Fiona, I'm so, I'm so not, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm happy you didn't have a hard out. I was trying to find that, that phrase for the, um, the particular type of communication. Well, Fiona, you know what this like means. Yeah. We need to do a movement well. on the track reread. Yeah, exactly. Yes, uh, sorry, and did I'm you finish? Always. Did you finish your I'm point, down. Annie? Oh, I did. Yeah, I was just saying how I. I didn't no, interrupt no, you. No, 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 not at all. I, I was, I was wondering if we were winding down. If anyone had had anything else to say about either of the things. I have a few things. Let's hear them. I have um, Dusting. Well, here's a question: Siberia. Do you think that's their first time? Their first time what? Bigfoot hunting. Having sex. <laughs> Did they have sex in it? Impression. Well, okay. Maybe their first kiss then. Their first kiss that wasn't... In private? Couldn't reasonably be written off as platonic. Well, I don't know. Because he, he lifts up the and cover. And she goes in, yeah. And then he, it's like, he's, it's like he breathes a sigh of relief, isn't it? She says something like, well, he's, he's relieved. What, Casey, on the quotes, please. Um, that, yeah, it's, um, yeah, he, so he lifts it up and when she gets in, he's like, oh, visibly relieved. And then, I, 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 um, and also because she, she, go ahead, keep going. She makes that, sorry, she makes that comment, doesn't she, about, oh, this must be a universe with a different set of rules because she actually gets into the bed. Yeah. So I think, that to me was an indication that this previous to that had not been normal behavior for them and she climbs into into the cot with him i think i took it so as, i got the impression as that was it was maybe the first time not the first time but like after their first time because almost as if like she's gonna stay there the night I don't know. I take right. that differently. I think it's their first time sort of deciding like we could just do something about this because just of the way, the way she writes it. Um, Cause it says this must be a universe with a very different set of laws because she slips from her own narrow cot and ducks under his outstretched arm. 
pulling the scarf skin of wool tight around them. She settles alongside him and he exhales a deep relieved breath that ruffles her hair. And then he says their their knees are touching and he puts a cautious hand on her waist like he's afraid she might slap him with a harassment suit. Yeah, and it's it's actually very interesting because see this he they they bring up dreams like Teeth and Bone brings up dreams again here just a few just a few seats yes. down where she says this place is unreal she says against his lips yes. mm, he agrees wrapping his arms around her is this just us dreaming she wonders and Mulder makes an appreciative considering noise if it is a dream he says speculatively it's a pretty loud one yeah so and is that another field trip reference like. Because she's like, oh, we have just had dreams before. Are we still dreaming? Um, or, because she doesn't say, is this me dreaming? She says, is this hey, us Nobody dreaming? knows. It's impossible for no. us to imagine it. It's dusting. It is. Okay, so oh, when right. are we interviewing Stephen Bone? So, yeah, I would love. I know, he's sorting it. He's in touch. I'm, I can try to get in touch. Yeah. Hey, that'd be so good. I do. I do have more questions. So do we think... I do too, when you're done, Fiona. um, You know, Emil says... Oh, sorry. Uh, You know, and Emil says, um, who's who's paying for this? And she says General Mutual. That's exactly what I was going to bring up. Did she get... Love that. Oh, like, did she get massive compensation from getting shot by Ritter, do we think? I thought it it was Mulder's insurance policy that was paying for everything. Maybe. Mm. So does anybody? It's, it's General Mutual was Clyde Bruckman's, and he was trying like life. Yes. He sold life insurance, and it mm-hmm. was General Mutual. Yeah, that was so. Did uh, so? Did Mulder uh, take out a policy? Yes, from that's what? my thought. And Scully was the recipient of it, and that's where all the money came from. <laughs> Maybe he thought he was going to die early because of the that's autoerotic amazing. asphyxiation. Maybe he did die of autoerotic yeah. asphyxiation. <laughs> Canon, Canon. So. Is General Mutual an actual insurance company, or is it only the name of the insurance company that Clyde? Buckman it's just from works it's just from Clyde Buckman's final repose. I don't. Oh, then it has to be like I don't think it's a real company. Because that was my first thought, but then okay, that, okay, because that was my first thought. Is oh, I guess she means like life insurance by Mulders. But then I thought, oh wait, but they are talking about how she got shot by Ritter, which probably would earn her some money. But no, if that's his company, that is perfect. I love it. I didn't remember. Or it just sounded so weird. I always wondered that. I thought it was the company. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's too specific to not be a reference to Clyde Bruckman, I feel like. Yeah, no, I mean, it's 100%. Clyde Bruckman says Gender Mutual has blah, blah, blah policies. Blah, 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 blah. Yes. Great. Uh, I didn't, I honestly don't remember that. And that's fantastic. That brings me great joy. (laughs) So Lynn, you had something you wanted to bring up. Was that, you said maybe that was it? That was, that's what I was going to bring up. (laughs) Fiona read my mind. Well, I I think it's, oh, sorry. I think it's worth having a chat. I really like the picture that dusting creates of the future. So I think it's, I really like the way that dusting orients us in this far future. Um, because obviously climate catastrophe has hit, mm-hmm. hasn't it? Right. There's she's, no, there's no ice, ice on the Norwegian the Sea. There's, she's like, has Lake, Oga, yeah, has Lake Okoboji dried up like all the rest? It must have. And 
Lake. This is it. The lakes are dried up. Maple has been extinct for over a century. Also, do you notice how she says that uh, a meal grew up on yes, Amaris, yes. which is, which is a, food that you would eat in right. a catastrophe? It's a meal ready to eat from yeah. that. It's the military. Right. Yeah, that's what the astronauts eat, isn't it? And yeah, that's what uh, military people yeah. eat. But I guess that's what you're eating in like a refugee camp and 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 the world mm-hmm. will be full of yeah. refugees in the not too distant future when we're all running away from climate yeah, disaster. And our, our future um, probably will still be alive. Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought it was really clever how that gets peppered in. Um, because in the beginning, I thought, well, where are we? Like, how far in the future? Because she says of Emil, like, he's the only person born in this century that she's allowed herself to be close right. to. So I thought, well, okay, so it's clearly, we're not in the 20th, but we're possibly not in the 21st either. So at least the 22nd mm-hmm. century. Yeah, it was the maple, it was the maple uh, trees being extinct thing for more than a century where I was like, whoa, we are yeah. hundreds of years in the future way yeah. yeah way out there yeah well we did i think originally talk about a meal didn't we we were wondering like is he is he some sort of robot as well but on closer reading of the text i think no because it does say he was yeah born. i think we discussed yeah. that in yeah when Doesn't we discussed it? this in, in, in a book yes. club it was we were like yeah. is, now is he so it's talking about tech in his eye is he like and i remember thinking his speech pattern is so specific. He doesn't, you, you know, he doesn't. Yes. It's always like, you should eat a vegetable. You know, it's, yeah. you know, he doesn't do any contractions. No, no contractions. contractions. It's all. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is as if we are being yeah. called. Um, you are, yeah, you are. Which is so unnatural. When I was reading it, it was so unnatural to say. It was kind of fun is switching it to, to Emil's like voice, but it is so unnatural yeah. coming out of your mouth not have any contractions yeah. at all it was weird but uh, back yes. I that being a point being like it's is very he good. a robot yeah i think he's just yeah but it's very good writing because yes. his voice is so specific totally. you know and i, I think he's just it doesn't really english is not why. a first language and i think that's mm. all that was and he is a human who was born he had a I did he had a boyfriend mm-hmm. where he looks very good in the picture is the only reason we still see it mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah he's a human he's a human person yeah. But and here's a curious thing. I, I was wondering, so. what do you guys think happens to a mill when, because he's with her when they get sucked into yeah. the well, world war? I think he gets. And he's resigned to his fate. Yeah, I was gonna say because yeah. I I highlighted this quote. Hold on, yeah, because it? it also reminded me of them. All right, well, it's gotta open. You guys, I mean, he knows what's it. happening, <laughs> and he won't let Scully take him. Like she says, oh, I should have dropped you off forever. Right, and he says, and I like, doubt no, no, we would never, we'd never, be never find, find it again. It again. Mm-hmm. So like he knows, yeah. So he knows. I think that yeah, what's happening? Oh, it's where he seems to have accepted it. Um, it, where is she goes? Technically, technically, he's not a physicist. Though if he had stayed in school, he probably would would have been one by now. Instead, he had thrown away a promising career in quantum mechanics to go poking around in the ocean with a bitter, albeit rich, urban legend. She often feels guilty that he's out here at all when he could be off living his life somewhere, uh, getting his degree, spending time with his family, meeting some other young person at a bar or at a party or at the office, slowly falling for that person. I'm like, oh, that reminds that that's like their meeting that, you know, Emily has become the molder. Of course. 
Of course it is. Yeah, because she's obviously thinking, yeah, like this is what I had in my life and he doesn't get to have it in his life. Yeah, I just love that slowly falling for that person. And that's like the end of that thought. It's just like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. She always comes back to Mulder. Everything is through that frame of reference. By the way, I have maybe like three or four minutes. So I'm going to throw my last few points in. Yeah, I think we can wrap it up Which is just the little... Oh, okay. We're just, I was thinking a few like Fathoms 5 dusting overlaps because of course I was reading them both, listening to them both at the same time, thinking as one as preceding the other. Um, I think in both of them, we get Mulder referred to as a born New Englander, mm-hmm. right? That's a specific phrase that yes. gets repeated. Mulder sleeping like a vampire. So Scully says this about, um, oh, you sleep on the couch like a vampire. And he's like, vampires don't sleep on the couch. She said, no, no. <laughs> and she crosses her arms to demonstrate. And in Siberia, he is with his arms folded yeah. number four. That's on a good catch. Though, in, a, in a list yep. X. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, is this a thing that yes, it, does? it is a thing he did, like, and I could not tell you the episode, uh, but there, but there is a specific okay. shot where he's there's like, an episode white, where... white t-shirt, and he's like, he's like asleep on the couch. Oh, yeah. Okay, is it the jeans too? Because I thought he's sad. Maybe. I think he was like a sad. He was sad, and yeah. He was sad. Uh, Kathy G would know it. Be on the spreadsheet. So mm-hmm. okay, because I. Fucking internet. <laughs> Sorry. So machine oiled is another one where because um when Scully's talking about think in dusting she's thinking about the body as a set of tools and she says it's machine oiled and I thought where do we where do I know that phrase from and of course it's right in the suicide scene the experiment at the beginning of. Fathom's fine. Yeah. She just says, oh, she yes. tasted machining oil. Yes. I could gun. be really scraping the barrel here. But I, I, know, that's, I noticed that oil. too. That's yeah, not what, a common yeah, just a similar phrase. No, it is it's what not you a would, common phrase. Yeah. No, it is what you clean uh, yeah. guns with. So. Yes. So, yeah, so I get, yeah, maybe that's slightly tenuous. But I also like this thing of you also get this scene in both of them. So Fathom's five, the traditional rogues gallery had come up on the wall and he's looking at a picture of Scully. And then in dusting, she's got the pictures up, but she's just got that one picture. One. Yeah, it's the same Fiona Froze again, but it's that same picture that, yeah, that that is up on the wall in Mulder's office in, yeah, in Fathom's Five. Yeah. <laughs> and Lindsay, did we lose Casey? I think you caught the end of my phrase there, where we say, "Yeah, they're both looking at these pictures of themselves in the past." Yes, and I was just saying it's the same. It's the same picture. Yeah. The, yeah. It is the same picture. Oh, it's the same oh picture. My God. Yeah. Oh, we didn't get that. I need to go back and read the exact descriptions. But I, oh my God, it's so good. Yes, yeah, so, and it's the last picture she has of him. So maybe that's the one she took from their house in California. Listen, I'm going to have to go say thank you all so much, though. Sorry about the internet. Thank you, Fiona. We enjoyed your insights. Absolutely. Such a pleasure. Thank you all. I feel like I understand dusting a millimeter more now than I did previously. I just need to read it again, like, seven times. Yeah. And then, you know, discuss it again. There's just so much. We'll revisit it it a million times, and you'll never fully understand, like, what is happening. But that's, I think, the point. Well, and even, even though it's a shorter, that's kind of the point. Like it, of the two, it's the shorter one. It mm-hmm. still, you know, feels like so long. It's and chock- it full. Yeah. yeah, it's a yeah. stunning it's opus. It's a stunning opus, even though it yeah. is a very dense, small story. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much, Lady. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Schedule that work for all of us. Yes. Thank you for having me, too. Oh, anytime. I know I'm not a normal guest. That was so great. So fun. Oh, you don't have to be normal, but anyone can guest. (laughs) We're not normal either. No, no, we're (laughs) definitely not normal. Do you know the shit we read? Um, No, thank you. I mean, I don't know if we're winding down, but thank you so much, Casey. Like all of the in-depth knowledge and the research that you've done on these fics was amazing. That. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. That so much uh, more productive and satisfying to know some of that background um, that I didn't personally know. And it explains a lot. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. makes me even more interested. Yeah. And it's kind of fascinating. It I don't know how much was, you know, the author's intent and mm-hmm. how much I'm just reading into it because I love it so much, but who cares? Right. That's what yeah. the fun of fan fiction is. Yeah. Well, if that's what brings you enjoyment and diving into yeah. it and trying to yeah. parse it out and make sense of everything, then I don't know. I think the that's part of the enjoyment personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I learned so many things, Mm -hmm. like relevant, interesting things that I wouldn't have learned otherwise. So there's that too. Who knew, right? So many of these things. Who knew? I knew. I know. But yeah, I I better go to. I will probably go back and reread Fathoms 5 and then Dusting just with an eye to this conversation and see see what we can see. It'll be fun. For sure. Yep. Well, because everyone remembers different things, right? And and yeah. and like I would be curious to hear casting on a mill, like who everybody sees. Oh, I should have asked. I always yes. Oh yeah. I mean, we never really answered the William thing. I don't know who would who would cast. Well, we we answered Casey's person. My picture. Well, I, so that's, that's exactly what I see in my head. True. 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 Yeah. There mm-hmm. isn't a. Yeah, I should have asked about a mill. I I always ask. I think I was so, like, determined to try to figure out what this story means, or is it, like, time travel, multiple universes, that I was so honed into that, and I didn't think about that. There's no no answer, though. Did you get a specific background for him? I can't remember if that was mentioned. Not really. I don't really think so. We just know the name. Yeah. Yeah, right. So and we, yeah, we, I we, have to assume, we have to assume that he's for that he's like you know he's not yeah. he's probably of a different lineage. Um, yeah, right. but I mean honestly, it, like centuries hence, I think we're all going to be homogenous. Oh, it's not like hundred percent. Nobody's How gonna. Old do we think he was approximately? Did we we got the sense that he was at least in his twenties? I would say twenties. 30s, Mid to late twenties, because he, like he, because yeah, he, he didn't finish. Well, he, he yeah. yeah he graduated, but like he wasn't yet yeah, a physicist. But, yeah, he she had gotten him. She pulled him out before he was a physicist. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, old enough to just be like, no, I'm with you. I mean, you yeah. can see like he's got tears in his eyes as he's about to die, and like he's shaking. Yeah. But he's like, kind of just yeah. been like, well, I'm oh. here. I'm doing it here with you. Yeah. God bless him. I'm just well, googling because, sexy young actors now. No, perfect. Um, yeah, <laughs> because when you like when you think about it, what what world does he have to go back to? If oh, everything is, if everything is drying Ouch. up, becoming that's extinct, fair. or has dried up, uh, but you it's know. 
the only thing he's ever around. known. It's probably the only thing he's ever known. So how, I mean, yeah. this is something new, right? This is like a new adventure for him. This is something right. that he probably never thought of. You know, you're just riding the waves until you find your spiral, apparently. Literally, yeah. 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 Man, well, and that, that, that hurts. The, the connection of, like, her dad's ship starting her spiral and then her ending up on a ship ending at a spiral. I wonder if the right? Altair like, and the Wakamala have similar meanings or something. That's something I should have looked yeah. at. So I, I, I looked mean the up, names themselves. I looked up Altair and it was the brightest star. Hold on. Because I'm like, oh, I wonder if that means anything. Yeah. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Yeah, I had to, but I didn't look into it. Uh, I wrote down. Hold on. It's an Arabic meaning uh, eagle, but it also is the same meaning as the name of the constellation Aquila in Latin. So the, it's the brightest star in, the, in that constellation. And it's the 12th brightest star in the night sky. Oh. Oh, okay. Most brightest star in the midst. Okay. Yeah. And then in, in Arabic, it means eagle. So, yeah. But I don't know about what, what was the other one? So I was just saying, if Wakama, the name of the, that's, wow. it's just a, a, a tribe in from, I think, South Carolina, North Carolina, from the Carolinas. Yeah. But I don't know what Wakama means. Usually it, there's a meaning, but I don't. I don't know that one. Yeah. Can't find it. Oh, well, so much for that theory. Yeah. I mean, you never know. That's more homework. Right. Yeah, seriously. I know I can see myself but, going to yeah. into it. It'll come to us later. Yeah. But yeah, like both fix ending with a spiral, you know? That's what I, that's what, like, I, I had, I had, Fiona and I had kind of had this conversation. We, we had a, we had a Zoom before we, had a zoom with Jess just to kind of like try to get our ducks in a row, like sure. so that the converse, mm-hmm. you know, just to kind of frame our conversation and how the interview would go. And we started talking about both of these fix and like, um, yeah. And then we had that. I was like, well, the, the golden name spiral in the whirlpool. It's the same yeah. thing. So yeah, that was a, when that kind of occurred to me, I was like, oh, yeah, that's amazing. It was really cool. But yeah. Thank you for having me again, you guys. This was super I fun. Think, I love. I think we've exhausted all topics. avenues here. I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and totally. our brains, our brains, and our brains. One of the Honestly, yeah, I, I'm just trying to take it all in and yeah, figure it out. And I don't think I will. From Fiona. Oh, here is another Dostane question. When Scully said about near death experiences and that it was just a hallucination, and Mulder says not to sell herself short, is he saying she is so good she would go to heaven? So her experiences were real. Also, what were all the episodes? The two caves, the oh. glossalia. The glossalia, yeah. Glossalia. I know some field, I know some, parentheses, field trip, but not all. What do we think? Ooh. Honestly, I feel like some of these are references to things that didn't all Might happen. Have happened in the world, but not yeah. on the show. Not yeah. necessarily canon. Yeah. I would be curious to put that out there to like listeners and to see yeah. what they thought of because like I don't yeah the two caves and glossalia and like the people speaking in tongues who was speaking in tongues was that 
signs and wonders i don't know uh, well when you like i i googled the uh, like glossalia or whatever and it's what did it say it was about a or was that glossal glossolalia is that the same thing did i pronounce it wrong i, probably I don't know uh, the phenomenon of uh, in bracket apparently speaking in an unknown language especially in religious worship it is practiced especially by pentecostal and charismatic christians hmm. so probably signs and wonders that maybe my guess and the cave i just thought of field trip i was trying to think of the other cave yeah um when else are they in a cave they're in a cave oh was it the um the mushroom one field trip field trip oh but that wasn't real no they didn't go in a cave he didn't really i think it was a i think i imagine it as a cave yeah um fire firewalker was in a cave i'm trying to think of other ones where they were in caves I guess they kind of fell into like a ditch. It wasn't a cave in a detour. But yeah, I do feel like some of it is. Oh, in detour. What about Rush? Isn't that one? Oh, Rush. Oh, Rush is like a little cave. Yeah. Ow. I don't have time for a full series rewatch right now. No, no. No. Post Mulder and Stelly in caves or Thread. Yeah. put it out there someone though i'm sure you'll get a lot of responses we could um uh, maybe i'll should i do that when we post this or yeah tomorrow? maybe yeah we could do that we could, could get some responses i'm okay. curious to see what people had to say sounds yeah. good i'll write myself a note or i'll write rachel a note because she posts these anyway i'll figure it out um all right i think i think that's good yeah. Does anybody else have so. any other awesome. things they want to touch upon? No. My headphones are out of battery. My iPad is out of battery. <laughs> Exciting. You yeah. were amazing for making it. I'm so glad we had you. I am glad too. Yeah. It was, I mean, I was really hoping it would work out because I was really looking forward, not because I had anything to contribute, but just because I wanted to be able to digest this better. That's also how I felt. <laughs> I'm here to learn. I'm yeah. here to listen. Who has things to educate me on? Yep. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thank you exactly. so much, everyone. I'm glad that we were able yeah. to do this really special episode. And if any, if any of the listeners, I guess, have any science inside knowledge on this, on mm -hmm. dosting specifically, please let us know. And yeah, please feel free to like correct me because uh yeah, I not in perfectly scientifically literate in this stuff it's just a yeah we're just trying to figure it out or yeah. even after listening to the episode what your theories are on yes thing and what could happen at the end and what does happen when they go into that whirlpool slash yeah. spiral yeah i would also, love to hear what other people think people yeah. have good ideas who would play a meal in the movie or the episode yeah i would like to love know to hear too. people's thoughts on that yeah yes all right, everyone, have a great day. Thank you. All right. Bye, bye, bye guys. If you like this and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, 
you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. It's the darkest time.